0: Greetings, happy Monday. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday, as now we have no more last dance to look forward to. Oh my goodness, what is going to happen? There's no more last dance. Do we have any other sports talks we can put out there really fast that people are going to care about? We got something really bad on the Knicks ready. We got something. We got something on the Lakers, like from the early 2000s. We have anything else? where the world is right now mike harman well this you gotta very see moment.
6: how how fast you can edit things right yeah Because we know when they did the order to say can you move this up i want to know how much the production staff got paid extra <laughs> to crank that out because remember oh they're they're only done with like four episodes but well, they got that done pretty fast so uh i'm sure all the all think? the
0: editors made overtime i'm sure they edited that say, thing every- overnight and into the weekends i'm sure so, they yeah. did
6: So you're going to follow up with Lance Armstrong, nobody gives a damn. Uh, You're going to follow up with Sosa McGuire. Maybe all those Cub fans out there, yeah, I'm talking to you. You could finally own up to the fact that just like a few good men, you dropped this guy. You cut him loose as fast as you could. That goes to your organization as well. You all knew what was going on, but as soon as it went bad and everybody got busted and he started bleaching his skin, you cut him loose. Wow, you had, did you have a bad weekend? You're already you're already on fire. It's two I've minutes had into the a show. Fantastic weekend, <laughs> a fantastic. Except for the cats, I oh. got convinced. <gasps> of, I promised Eleanor that we would watch cats, and it's an hour and forty minutes of my life that i will never understand now if if you could go back in time and i could be really drunk or maybe get some medicinals maybe it would have been better maybe i would have understood it and had a good Mm. time instead it was terrible but Mm. this morning the governors all came around and started telling you what well i told you last week read beyond the headlines man they were loosening stuff up and now it's really getting loose and well i'm excited about it man we won't have to rely on documentaries for much longer
0: Wow, you just went from
6: documentaries
0: into cats, mm-hmm. into into the sport. Like, you, you are just, I, I, really, what kind of weekend did you have? Are you sure you're
6: okay? I had a great four hours of real talk with LeVar Arrington on our airwaves yesterday okay. morning. That was great. I had a fantastic Indian food takeout from a local place that I uh, try to frequent. Uh, keep them, at least with my few dollars that I can, to keep them moving along. And, and I encourage you all to do that that again locally uh i got out to the water and i got out to the beach i didn't take any pictures or shame anybody i don't know if i'm supposed to do that as part of my uh, citizenship i think that's part of what i'm supposed to be doing along the process because i saw a lot of that in my timeline it's like go back home if if, if everything's gonna bother you it's okay go watch more last dance and then you could fight about lebron versus jordan <laughs> All right. So while,
0: while Harmon takes a deep breath, we're going to kick things off tonight. And exactly where we start, we'll get to last dance. We got Jason Lock and four coming up later on this hour, about twenty-five minutes. All the big news in the NFL, and surely we will get to this topic with him as it now looks in a stunning one hundred and eighty-degree reversal from California Governor Gavin Newsom. Last week, it was I don't see sports coming back in the state of California. Maybe for years. Maybe we're done with <laughs> sports entirely. Maybe. The next time we have sports is when the Olympics come to LA in 2028. I don't see there being a landscape where we're going to have sports. It's you make fast, it sound it's like barren. he was
6: on. Was he on camera doing his press conference, sipping scotch and smoking it's, a cigar? <laughs> I don't see anything. (laughs) Remember Mad Max Fury Road? That's going to be the only
0: sports we have, just taking off on a vast desert landscape after other people. (laughs) And then today it was, well, you know, hey, after further review, hey, we could have sports pretty soon. Uh, Earlier in the day, uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said, hey, New York sports, we can have professional sports open back up without fans in the first week of June. Not June 1st, but in the first week of June. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that was interesting. New York seems to have been past the worst part of the coronavirus and certainly other parts of the state are opening up. But we told you, New York and California are the two biggest dominoes that have to fall. If you're talking about sports coming back, these two have to be on board or you gotta figure out a whole bunch of other things and, and those teams from those cities playing in cluster cities because they're gonna be the last ones. They're where the coronavirus outbreak has been the worst, where it's where it's most spread out so it's new york and california so new york which i thought was going to be the last holdout says today hey you know we can come back professional sports can play beginning of june uh we'll be good partners with the with sports when they want to come back and then later on in the day the big stunner was california governor gavin newsom saying oh yeah, yeah first week of june professional sports we can do that take a listen Sporting events, uh, pro sports in
7: that first uh, week or so of June without spectators and modifications and very prescriptive conditions uh, also can begin uh, to move forward and a number of other sectors of our economy will open up again if we hold uh, these trend lines in the next number
0: of weeks. Uh, now there was some arm twisting done here because last this last week it was hey California's not going to open up. In fact, we may just break off and float around the Pacific Ocean for a while. That's the way it's going to be for California. And uh, you know, I guarantee what it was. And I hate to say this because it's you know we're, we're taking this and making it political. But look, this has become a political thing. Is that while there are many parts of the United States who, and many people who feel, okay, we're not, we really, we're opening up too soon. Right, I think I think the vast majority of people feel we're opening too soon, but there are a large enough group that say, "No, we have to open," and, and our freedom's gone, and all of these things. Why? I, I guarantee you, what Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo saw is that even though people want to continue to stay safe, they're ready to start opening up a little bit. Uh, people are, like you know, what at at some point we have to do it. Why not look into doing it? Because that's exactly what it it tells me is behind this reversal today is that politically it's not going to play well if you're going to continue to be shut down. You know, people who want to take extra care and not go out are going to be able to take extra care and not go out but at some point we have to start moving on and I think they saw that down the road if they're the last holdouts and and they're holding the rest of the country back it was going to be a very difficult position to be in politically so they decided you know what let's open up let's start playing Let let's whatever happens we'll let the league start figuring their situations out and maybe it's not the NBA that comes back maybe it's Major League Baseball we have golf returning but let me open it up here and, and see what goes on because there's no way that Cuomo and Newsom are gonna do something that in their state is going to make them unpopular. So I think they know that even though people want to be safe and want to still stay home and do this slowly, they still want to do it. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm ready to jump back in and go to a game and sit between, you know, uh, you know ten people in my row and and, and be amongst fifteen thousand people. But hey, I'd like to see something else on television. I'd like to see us, you know, try to dig out of this a little bit and that's I guarantee you that's data they saw that said, okay, you know what, let's do it. And you know they talked. You know New York, California, hey, let's talk. What are we doing? Are you going to do it? Because if you do it, we'll do it. All right, great. And that's where we're at, we're at today, which is, at, which is for sports, these are the two big dominoes. I, I told you, Mike, this is once California and New York say, okay, we can do professional sports, we'll be able to, to try to move forward in every sport, e- everywhere, every sport, every team, New York and California, those are the ones you have to watch out for. Now you got him. Now we can go out and see if we can play or not.
6: Yeah, Newsom did the greatest heel-to-face turn. Like, you know, WWE parlance, like someone came out and you know, from running from the back and clubbed him with a chair. So now the crowd's behind him because, you know, this was the slow play of all slow plays to the quick reversal. It's like, "All right, let's get it going." Uh and Cuomo's comments, you know, he's been seen as a rock star in this whole thing and we know how hard New York and New York City was hit during this process. So for them to step forward saying, Hey, we gotta look at this and we gotta talk to commissioners and everything else. For California, it's it's a much bigger deal. Remember, there's California where you and I reside and do it from our mobile Geico Fox Sports Radio Studio, if they were a sovereign nation, they would be sixth in the globe in economics. Right. Sixth highest GDP on Earth. In other words, things are at a grinding halt nationwide because of California uh, and where things are economically. When you talk about unemployment rate and all the different productions, not just. Hollywood productions, but just everything that goes on in the States, there's the trickle-down effect, so there's a lot of pressure on Newsom politically, also to get the line moving, and he's made his stance clear, right? It, when he runs for president four years from now, mm-hmm. uh, he made it clear, I was looking out for you in your lives. Now, you'll have to well, could
0: also back be back in up. the fall, you'd never know, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Well, I just could just be it. on they, the ticket life, in the
6: fall somewhere. Well, that's just it. Life is changing very, very fast, and you have to adapt, But but just the idea of of the long-term, you know, under under promise, over deliver, talked about 2021, and just like that, it's, all right, let's see what we can do in a couple of weeks' time because the curve – flatten. The numbers are, are good. And, and we talked about it last week. I brought up the data points that were moving in the right direction. The baseball 67-page proposal that we could read all sorts of different pieces. Uh, that was just doing the laundry list. They missed a few things from the clubhouses and, and weight rooms and all those things. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Eventually, that's just argument points for that. But from a political standpoint, both governors made their cases. They both showed their constituents, uh, that they were worried about them. And then you you can go into the political fights and we'll leave that for someone else uh, to do. But it, it's good news for those that love sports. You watched everything go off seemingly without a hitch this weekend. So we push forward and we try to apply it to more team sports rather than the individuals and see how quickly we can get those economic economic factors and those wheels turning once again.
0: Now the best way to look forward to this the Jason Smith show with Mike Carmen is that look there's there's people on on all ends all, all places on the spectrum. There's all the way on the side of, boy, we should close down the country for three years, then you have in the middle saying, well, at some point this summer, then you have on the other side, it's this, everything should be open now and I should be able to go get tattoos if I want to. So you have everybody on all, on all different sides of the spectrum. And now, look, I, I, I'd i like to say that on if, if we're in the middle and all the way on one side is, hey, we should open up right now and all the way on the other side is, oh, we should shut down for a while, I would say I'm a little bit towards the side of we should continue to shut down for a little bit longer because we're only going to get one big shot at this, right? And, and because if something happens, there's a big coronavirus outbreak or something happens in the fall, this could wind up getting shut down again. So I, I say, listen, I, I think we have one chance at it, uh, but I will say this I this is the best way this is how I want to look at it and look forward is that we're going to have sports come back and I'm going to enjoy them for however long they're back. And if they're back and we get a whole season – Awesome. If they're back and something happens and they have to stop, it's too bad, but we would have had sports – at least we have sports coming back forever however long we haven't come back. If the NBA can come back and they only can come back to play two rounds of playoffs and crown a champion – great, I'll celebrate that. It'll, it'll suck for everybody else if they really want to come back. If Major League Baseball comes back and they play 60 games and then something happens, they can't finish the season, all right, I'll be happy we had baseball for 60 games. So I'm, I'm just going to be excited for however long we have it, and if it gets taken away, know that at some point it's going to come back again and something else is going to try, but we're going to have sports for as long as we're going to have them. Hopefully it's for a long time, and hopefully we're not stopping, but if we are, at least we'll have them for a little bit.
6: Yeah, I mean, we're celebrating all of these as they come back, right? We saw people respond to the race at Darlington with big numbers on Fox. We saw UFC have another successful card. We saw more... Uh, tuning in. Santa Anita was running over the weekend here in California so more people paying attention to horse racing. You know, Whatever it was, if you were looking for it, the golf event that drew some pretty good ratings, people are thirsty to get a little of that back in their viewing experience. I know uh, across from me here there's a a golf course. People were back out. They're staying the hell away from each other. You got guys after they tee off putting the mask back on and walking their bag up uh, and, and taking their precautions. And I think that's, to me, been long the the discussion, right? You, you go a little further towards the keep it shut down longer. I go a little further to let's be smart about this, but let people get back to some semblance of their lives. Let's not be silly about it. Uh, you're going to have that percentage of folks, regardless of what the rules are in place. We know that all too well, right? We got a lot of people driving on the roads here in, in California that have no business being behind the wheel of a car. Yet every time I drive to work or to the grocery store, that's an assumed risk that there's some dope out there that really should not be driving a car. So let's be reasonable about it. You know, a lot of things in our lives, it's all about risk assessment and risk aversion uh, or risk taking. You know, and it doesn't mean that you're, you know, going diving off a cliff. Without with, without a parachute, hoping that you know you're the flying squirrel. Suddenly that you found evolution. No, it's the all right. Let's be smart about this and, and be reasonable in our businesses and certainly in our sports of how we come back and players. You know from Blake Snell that we talked about last week all the way through. They're all making their risk assessment too, and if they decide that the proposal's not good enough or they're not going to make enough money to make it worth it to them. You You know what? They can sit out and it'll probably have some fallout to it, but the game will move on without them or whatever percentage of guys don't feel it. They can play. And for those that are immunocompromised to where it becomes a difficult situation, I was reading the story from Larry Nance earlier, you know, I feel for them. But the sport as a whole, you know, there, there's certain, uh, things you've got to do to keep the line moving and, and you hope that you, you recognize that you'll hit, hit safer times, but in the interim, you play under the rules that need to be had. Twitter at How about a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Arman live from
0: the Geico Studios. We'll have more on this. And hey, what does this mean now for the National Football League? Is everything open, ready to go? Jason Lockenfora joins us coming up next. We got more on this, more on Ben Roethlisberger and his sudden return and his sudden shave. Keep it right here. Happy Monday, Fox Sports Radio.
4: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show
0: with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Going to talk to Jason Locken for CBS Sports NFL Insider Extraordinaire with us in a couple of minutes. Again, can appear with us via the Discover Card Hotline. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Certainly a couple of big stories in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger is back throwing now, working out. Uh, we have the biggest dominoes in the NFL season have fallen and that is that New York and California are going to be open up uh, for professional sports around the first week of June not June 1st but right around sometime in there Uh, this clearly uh, pushes things over the top of the mountain where okay now all the states are going to be able to have uh, teams come back and all states clearly will fall in line because they were the last two New York and California were going to be the last two holdouts they were going to come back when they felt like like it or when they felt they could and it's much sooner than i thought they would say it but now this kind of greases the skids not just for for the major league baseball and for the nba but potentially for the nfl to say all right if things come back well enough we may be able to start on time in the beginning of september even though i think middle of october is gonna be more likely
6: yeah i mean you're talking about florida you're talking about arizona that was they were standing there with their arms wide open cue the uh Creed mm.
0: uh, as you, you're the only you, one that you wants, can, to, wants to continue to, to uh, quote
6: Creed on the show well the I really one. thought you'd just start workshopping some lyrics for me while we were at it but Green the idea, both, both of those states said uh, you want to come play uh, some some ball come come to our state right so we'll take the money that other states want to leave behind so you have that pressure Not to mention, you know, you start looking at, again, some of those economic indicators separate from where COVID-19 is and cases and and hospitalizations and everything else, because you've sent ships home right here in California. They had one set up for people that never came because it didn't hit critical mass. Good job by folks staying home and, and curbing things in Chicago. They had McCormick Place all set up a lot of medical staff on. Uh, at the ready and paid to be in the city ended up really not needing it only a handful of people there so you're seeing those numbers plus all the other economic data saying well maybe it's time so get enough pressure uh things fall right pressure equals diamonds let's get it
0: uh twitter at, how about a fresca, mike at swollen dome the jason smith show with mike carmen live from the geico studios now i mentioned ben roethlisberger who put out a video today, uh, that, or the Steelers put out a video today of him Mm -hmm. throwing passes. He trimmed his beard. Uh, they started this video with him saying from a few months ago, I'm not going to trim my beard until I can throw a football (laughs) for real to my teammates. And I'm sure everybody looked at it and said, Oh, okay. There, I don't, I don't know what, okay, what what soapbox you're standing on, but okay, sure. So he was finally able to go out and throw some passes, and there's video of him trimming his beard, looking pretty good. Juju Smith-Schuster gives the big wink, saying he's back, and now here's Ben Roethlisberger, who is ready to return. I will say one thing, Mike Harmon, because this is very important. There is mm-hmm. no way I could grow a beard. For any result you could promise me in the world, there's no way you could guarantee me Super Bowls, World Series, dates with supermodels. No way, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't grow a beard. If you just grow a beard for a month, I would. say I'm not going to do it. I get so itchy. I get. To, I, I, I can't go more than a couple of days. It's just is that terrible. Right? I can't. Oh no. There's no way. The one thing I could never do is grow a beard. No way. Oh,
6: mine's coming in quite no nicely way. now. Oh, can't do it. It's good. Maybe I'll uh, oh. put a picture up because it's looking good. It, Starting to uh, a little bit of gray, a little bit of white underneath. I mean, it really betrays my age and my youthful, normal. So you look looks. like Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> That's kind of it. I, I now rule the world, uh, okay. it, as it were. You know, I created the universe. But nah, look, any of those three things that you said that you would get for growing a beard, I'll take any one of those three. I couldn't do it. The super Bowl, said, the supermodels, whatever, whatever, whichever one of those three. You could put them in a hat. I'll
0: take it. Jets could win the Super Bowl, but you have to grow a beard until it happens. I would say, I'm sorry, guys. Can't do it. Sorry. Good. Wow. Got, to, got to do it by yourself. I couldn't do it. There's no way. There
6: is there's absolutely oh, no that way. That would look cool, though. Especially I'd to- if you're bald. You'd look like the guy from uh, the guitarist from Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, look sure. him up. <laughs> Joining us now on
0: the hotline, you can follow him on Twitter at Jason Lock for CBS Sports NFL Insider. Jason, what's happening, my friend? How are you?
3: I'm doing well. I've seen the Eagles of Death Metal several times. Isn't that a fun show live? They're they're amazing. The last time I saw them, they opened up for the Afghan Wigs. I saw them in New York oh, two nights in you, a row. My guy in Brooklyn one night, and then at Terminal Five uh, in Hell's Kitchen the next night, and they were amazing. And then. They went on a European tour like three months later, and then that horrific scene, no, that's right. yeah, yeah. Uh, went down in, uh, in Paris at their show, which was obviously um, horrific. But
6: Yeah, the, uh, the documentary on that is amazing. Yeah. And I didn't know you were yeah. an Afghan wigs guy, so now you and I kindred spirits on a whole other level. Now Harmon's going to text you every day.
0: Good yeah, long. I go. Away.
3: I'm a big <laughs> Greg Dolley Afghan Whigs guy, going back to like before they blew up, way before Gentleman and and all that
0: stuff. Like, yeah. Wow, wow! And that. I just thought you were back a when they were on the, Sub Pop. I just thought you were a football and lacrosse guy. Now look at this. I didn't know mm-hmm. you Eagles a death metal guy too.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm all over the place.
0: All yeah. right. Uh, hey, we were just talking about the um, the possibilities of growing the quarantine beard like Roethlisberger was doing. And <laughs> impossible then he finally, for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could, right? Isn't it? Isn't it impossible?
3: I. Like every year, there's usually like a two and a half week period where I don't have to be on TV, where I gross everybody else out in this house by not shaving. (laughs) It's usually like it starts like a week before we go to the Outer Banks. Then we go to the Outer Banks for a week. And then there's usually like two or three days where I'm back home and I still don't have to do anything for like CBS, Sports HQ or anything. And I just keep letting it go. And they they all want to punch me in the face by like week. Not mean week day four. Like, they're like, dude, you are a disaster. What the hell is wrong with you? Except the eight-year-old. The eight-year-old is kind of like, he's a little, like, anti-authority figure like me, so he's like, yeah, yeah, it all looks great. Yeah, grow it out, Dad. Piss them all off. <laughs> um, but it is it is nasty. There's splotches that nothing grows in. It, it gets, like, extra thick in one splotch, and then nothing for, like, I don't know, six to eight inches, and then another, like, splotch of full hair. It's bad. Oh, my God. It's brutal
0: oh so you're more like tom hanks castaway beard
3: yeah what it would look it, like. Oh, okay <laughs> and i can remember being a kid and like my grandfather on my dad's side like the italian side like looking at him and being like oh my god am i gonna have like bodily hair like this dude one day <laughs> and sure enough chickens came home to roost <laughs>
0: all right so uh well i'm glad you and i are on the same side of that oh where are you for with the nfl right now we had the big story today uh new york and california are going to open up way earlier than expected this was a big shock gavin newsom just last week it was we could keep california closed down till the 22nd century and now suddenly hey guess what beginning of june professional sports can open up what does this mean for the nfl that these two states have now gone past that
3: I mean, I, I, I'd I like to think that with really not much to be gained and a lot to be lost, that the NFL, as much as they've plowed through this thing, you know, full bar, nothing nothing's going to slow us down, boy, I don't know why you would want to congregate a lot of people right now And what are you really gaining from a football perspective? You know, like, ha, ha. if you scrub all these buildings and if all the states are open for business, it's almost June. People already had their vacations planned for late June, early July. The NFL calendar, they've stuck to it, like, against all odds to this point. So would you really institute a situation where you blow that calendar up and go longer with OTAs, really, with full buildings at the expense of maybe putting the real thing in jeopardy? I just don't know how much sense that makes. And I talked to a lot of my buddies who work for teams tonight, um, after I got done doing my radio show, and, and a lot of their buildings are going to open up next week, but they 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 really don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, are we going to sell an extra ticket because we're open? Are we going to have a better marketing campaign because we're open? Are we going to do anything in that facility that we're not accomplishing right now on Zoom and you know, through phone calls and, 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 and through the way we're doing it right now. And this league has been, in my opinion, ridiculously blessed by how few people have been struck by this, right? I mean, Von Miller, Sean Payton, like, that's, you know what I mean? There was the guy from the Rams. Like, right. that, that, I mean, that, like, come on. Like, it, it. it 85,000 people have died, and 1.5 million or close to it people have been inflicted by this, and we can't do double-digit names of of NFL executives, coaches, or players who've been struck by it. Why would you alter that course now to be able to throw a few footballs around in facilities where there's nothing else going on anyway? So we'll see, guys. I, I, I I don't know where it's all going. I was very surprised to... As you were just saying to hear Gavin Newsom say say what he said and and, and some of these other governors, Um, it's one thing to open up. Boy, it's another thing to be able to stay open for 20 plus weeks concurrently um, without the pandemic wreaking havoc, without that second wave or third wave shutting things down um, and creating a bubble that really is puncture proof. And and I don't I don't think any of I can't speak to that I'm not a freaking scientist I'm not a, you know I, I I have no background in any of that, um, but I do live in a state where they started opening things up on Friday, and every image I saw of Ocean City, Maryland, the last I don't know seventy two hours is maybe want to throw up in my sandals so I I don't I don't know, you know I don't know what's to come but. Um, my, My fear is that the more things open, the more we set ourselves up for something even more ugly on the other side.
6: He's Jason Locken for CBS Sports, 105.7 uh, The Fan in Baltimore. You find him on Twitter, at Jason Lockinforch Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the mobile Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, from one serious topic to the other, the more interviews, more minority candidates, mm-hmm. uh, black head coaches, and, and perhaps more women uh, is, is what we're looking for, but more requirements for at least two. two. Two minority candidates from outside the organization for head coaching opportunities and one for coordinator spot. Uh, This goes after last week's story, Jason, of, hey, if you hire someone, you get retention bonuses and draft picks. Uh, Throwing some darts up against the wall here.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the idea that you have to interview more than one, you know, person of color, for a head coach or GM job, I think makes a lot of sense. I I, I think that has been a long time coming and that takes away from the element of the quote unquote Rooney rule candidate, right? Or this person's being Rooney ruled or this guy just did three interviews. And we, if you're in the industry and you're a little bit plugged in, you know he's not getting any of those jobs, but he's doing a favor to these teams, or he's doing a favor to his agent, or he's doing a favor to somebody else who's also represented by his agent in the hopes that he ends up in that staff in some other capacity other than the job he's interviewing for. So hopefully this mitigates some of that.
0: Uh, lastly, um, oh, go ahead.
3: No, but I was going to say, but. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, a person of color, who's a high-level executive for an NFL team uh, about an hour ago. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes they just know who they already want. So is it going to look even worse when they hire, they interview two African-Americans and one white guy and then hire the white guy? You know, it, it, I, I don't know, but I am I feel like they're going down the right track with the experience. Expanded numbers of candidates who need to be talked to for the Rooney Rule because at, at least that continues the conversation and gets them in the mix. But the, the idea of incentivizing draft picks to hire a, a, a diverse candidate, I haven't talked to anybody in the league in any capacity who feels like in the, in the year 2020 that that was the way to go, that that's the message to send. Um, Nobody I've talked to feels like that's a good idea, and I would be absolutely stunned if, that, if a vote passes that measure tomorrow. I, I just uh, I think we've got to be going about this thing a little bit differently in the year 2020 other than kind of sort of bribing owners to hire. I mean, I, I, boy, it, it just hasn't really set well with a lot of people.
0: Uh, lastly, Jay, uh, before we let you go, uh, obviously the Chargers are now set at quarterback with you know Terod Taylor. They go get Justin Herbert, but uh, story breaks today. Anthony Lynn talked about how the Chargers had some interest in Cam Newton, but obviously with the coronavirus, they couldn't examine him, couldn't get their doctors to look at him. They were interested, but now they feel pretty well set. Is that lip service, or was there, could there have been some real interest if things had gone differently between uh, Cam Newton and the Chargers?
3: Well, certainly this economic situation and this uh, medical situation has done Cam Newton no favors. Um, And Anthony Lynn is a really straight-up dude, and I mean, I think we can all sit here from a football perspective and say, and I think Tyrod will be fine there, and he won't turn the ball over, and he'll manage the game in a way that Anthony Lynn wants him to manage the game. But... Had we not been in a global pandemic and had Cam Newton been able to do a full-fledged you know, showcase for all these teams and spend time with all their doctors and medical staff and surgeons and be wined and dined by owners, I think it absolutely would have played in his favor. And I think the circumstances coupled with the, the, the personal circumstances in terms of how the pandemic affected his inability to get in front of the right medical people and the right decision-makers, high-end decision-makers like owners, plus um, the situation we were just in with the economics of the NFL and how the market was glutted with quarterbacks and, and how supply and demand at that position were not matched up like anything I've ever seen before, to where <laughs> James Winston signed for a million dollars. Like, that happened. <laughs> you know, Andy Dalton's playing for three, he was supposed to make... 17 million. He's going to back up for three. And the only guy who really got paid, like even Tom Brady, didn't really, the only guy who really got paid was Ryan Tannehill. Like that, that's the story of the 2020 offseason in, in the NFL for quarterbacks. I think all that conspired against Cam, but um, he's not an old man. His story is still, you know, many chapters unwritten. And at this point, patience is a virtue for him.
0: On Twitter, at Jason Lockenfora. That's on Twitter, at Jason Lockenfora, CBS Sports, NFL Insider, and Reluctant Beard Grower. Jay, as always, buddy. Appreciate Inefficient your time.
3: Beard Grower but huge <laughs> Afghan wigs and eagle the yeah. death metal fan.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it. Harmon's going to text you every day now. Congratulations. A song uh, of the up, day. Up
3: the Let's go.
5: All right. All right. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs>
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And uh, this clearly is the silliest Twitter war in the world going on right now between two NFL stars. But when I tell you one of the people who's involved in it, you're going to go, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So Fox NFL put a Twitter poll up there. You know, it's something fun for the day. Let's create content. Sure. We're in the middle of everybody staying home. Let, let's let's give people stuff to vote on and look at. And the question was, which is tougher, make a catch while guarded by Stephon Gilmore, that's A, or B, break up a pass while guarding Michael Thomas? Now, Devontae Parker, who is a wide receiver, picked A, make a catch while guarded by Stephon Gilmore obviously because he's a wide receiver and he doesn't know what it's like to cover Michael (laughs) Thomas. So he says, hey, you know who got really pissed off about that? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Michael Thomas, who then responded to Devontae Parker in saying, for you, yes, go run some numbers up. Then you can talk. I lapped you and you've been in the league longer than me, first rounder. Devontae Parker comes back and says, got some hard feelings? Let me get targeted 300 times a game like you. Michael Thomas says. In other words, you're weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me. Remember that. This is the most ridiculous Twitter <laughs> war in the world. But I gotta say, Michael Thomas, look, I tweeted about him being MVP a year and a half yeah. ago, and he liked the tweet. Everything was going. Oh, look at this! My, he hears and sees everything on social media. I mean, there, what he has to understand is that there are things worth getting, you know, in a Twitter war over, worth getting worked up over, and there's things that aren't, and this clearly is not. This is not Devontae <laughs> Parker going, yeah, blank you, Michael Thomas. This is Devontae Parker as a wide receiver. What does he know? I mean, yes, D- does he know what it m- must be like to, as a defensive back? Sure. Has he ever covered Michael Thomas? No, of course not. Has he been covered by Stefan Gilmore? Yes, because they play twice a year because they're in the AFC East together with the Dolphins and the Bills and the, now the Patriots. So, yeah, that's happened, and now Michael Thomas has picked the It's like Michael Jordan. Oh, I'm going to pretend this is a big slight, and it's going to motivate me next year when I play against the
6: Dolphins or whenever I go out there. This is is a big slight (laughs) against me. No, dude, it really isn't.
0: It really isn't.
6: I did put up the poll question this morning of who's got the bigger enemies list, Richard Nixon or Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan. Thomas is probably going to be the third option pretty soon. A uh, thing called NFL stats, most 100-yard receiving game since 2015. He replied with, I was drafted in 2016. Don't let him trick you <laughs> and have a blessed day. <laughs> right? I ranked him third in my fantasy wideouts this year, and he retweeted and he got excited, and he's like, Respect, I'm like respect on the name. Absolutely, <laughs> no question about it. So he's out there. Hi, Michael. It's good I to mean, see you. It's, uh, it's, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. It's also kind of
0: low hanging fruit. But it's like I'm like, wh- wh- why why are you getting so worked up over this? Why why are you so worked up because a guy who's not nearly as good as you says, oh, being covered by by a really good defensive back. I mean, uh, some guys just need to you know, you take a a few seconds and step away from social media and then come back and and understand that it's okay if you don't respond to that and not everything is a grudge, Michael Jordan there's some people
6: are just (laughs) saying things because well, I I played against Stephon Gilmore he's fantastic, that's what I'm going with Well, Parker got himself a little bit of love last year Uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick and well, I guess he's feeling himself
0: Hey, speaking of Michael Jordan, we take a look back at the last dance, some things you're not expecting to hear next on Fox.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Fox Sports Radio the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Thanks to Jason Lock and Forrest stopping by last hour on the show. And now we're never going to have him on again because Harmon, you scared him by letting him know you're going to text him every day because you guys like the same band.
6: No, I will not do that. I hope all he's right. heard Dooley's new album. It's quite good. Okay. Just make sure uh, we, you know, I don't want Lock and Ford to go, yeah, listen, I don't want to come on.
0: Harmon just texts me all the time. Your favorite. Your favorite Eagles of Death Metal albums, you know, your, your, your favorite Dooley songs ranked, your favorite Afghan Wigs album covers ranked. I mean, you just can't do that to the guy.
6: No, well, we'll collaborate on a slideshow at some point. There's no question. But, uh, you know, between that and he's getting his kid into baseball cards, we got a lot in common. A lot yeah, to discuss. T- Just
0: just just go light on the on the texting and the direct messaging on Twitter. Just 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 go light on it. I'm not trying to date him. I'm just but I'm saying go light on it. And even then I don't know anybody scare
6: anybody off.
0: There's not many people you can talk music with that likes the exact same crazy bands that you do. So I
6: mean I know this is a weird thing. Just just back off a little bit. Just Practice restraint. That's all I'm saying. How, how, how about you open up your mind and maybe embrace something else? <laughs> how, about, how, about, how about I open up a can of whoop-ass on you? Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Now say. we're talking. Happy how about I open up man. a can of whoop-ass on you? Now you're talking. That's my guy. Uh,
0: so it is now the day after The Last Dance. There are no more episodes <laughs> of The Last Dance. The Last Dance you is sure? over. There will not be Last Dance Part 2, which is the last Last Dance, which is the last and final Last Dance. The no. Last Dance is over we got to see last night the continued making of the mythological basketball star that was michael jordan we saw the end result we watched the steal on Carmelo. we watched the jumper over brian russell which oh by the way happened because he just torched brian russell on the play before down down the court everything we got to see from michael jordan we got and seeing the reaction after. There's a bunch of different angles on this, and I'm going I'm to surprise you with a couple of them. But the first one I want to say is you know, there's a bit of I told you so and, and the fact that our show was ahead of the curve on The Last Dance for a long time now is that I told you after the fourth episode this feels like a Michael Jordan documentary and not something on the Bulls. This is Michael Jordan approved. This is Michael Jordan always having the last word and it feels more like this is his story and i wondered just what kind of control he had and then a few days after we talked about it it comes out that he has final cut he had final word and he gave notes on the broadcast and clearly as you see it nothing changed it was a this was a documentary on michael jordan's life right and it's not just me you know every week you know espn which which you know push this through the moon, and they should have, because, look, it did great ratings for him. It was interesting. It was fun. But, I mean, you know, this whole last dance, this really was Michael Jordan kind of giving us his biography through ESPN, which is not going to be as... Exhilarating, or as cut through the clutter as, "Hey, here's the Bulls, the Last Dance. Here's Michael Jordan's story." Uh, Zach Lowe, who is a big basketball writer for uh, an insider for ESPN, uh, this is what he writes on on ESPN.com today: the big column of of here's what all our experts takeaways of the Last Dance. I'm not sure what the screen time math says, but in totality, the Last Dance felt more like a documentary about Michael Jordan than about the '97-'98 Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> the filmmakers devoted early episodes to Chicago's other stars, but those always included Jordan's thoughts on those characters and what they meant to him. When non-bulls discussed Jordan, he got the last word via iPad. There were small moments throughout when it felt as if Jordan was intentionally feeding the narrative that he drove almost every event around him and that he had to overcome the weaknesses in others or help them overcome those weaknesses themselves. All right? This is exactly what it was, and it was fun. I just, you know, to, to be pushed as a true documentary, look, I said it many times, so I'm going to just kind of sum it up here. It wasn't that. It, when he has the last word on narratives and he has the last word on what goes into the to the show and what doesn't, this is more Michael Jordan's version of things. And there were some things that we needed to see more of that we didn't get because Jordan, it wasn't a storyline he was comfortable with. And there was some controversial stuff that Jordan embraced. I'm not saying there wasn't, but it was stuff he was comfortable with. When it was things that would paint him in a bad light, he kind of stepped to the side and said, yeah, not, I, I, we're not going to touch on that part of it." And so all the villains that are in here are Isaiah Thomas and Jerry Krause. And, and there's all kinds of, you know, the, all, all the non-Bulls players and Reggie Miller and Gary Payton. And Jordan would always find a way to embarrass him, laughing at Gary Payton on the iPad. And th- this is not really a document anymore. It's just, here's a Michael Jordan show. And I think ESPN was probably a little bit embarrassed that that's what it turned into. Uh, and But they had to agree that, well... And admit that, well, this is the truth. Jordan's got final cut. Jordan's got final word. He gives notes on the episodes. Uh, and, and when you have final cut, we're just watching a story that someone's giving us. You know, th- and this is why Michael Jordan did this. right? My, my point is not going to be, it's not a true documentary. My point is, why was it done this way? Because Michael Jordan, as we saw in this, in this documentary, still can't stop competing. He can't, and he knows that everybody loves him. All right, When you're 20 years away from your NBA career, there's nobody's going to sit here and say you were overrated when you went 6-for-6 in championships because you're not playing anymore. And it's easier to criticize LeBron because, well, LeBron's still playing, and look at the times he's lost and all the other things he's done. Michael left, and he was perfect. He was 6-for-6. He was the icon's icon. He had universal love around the NBA. And what's happened the past 20 years? No one's talking about Michael Jordan. So here it comes. Here comes this. So, Michael Jordan can accomplish reminding everyone of his greatness. Look at the media reaction to it. What's one person that hasn't started anything they said about The Last Dance by going, Boy, Michael Jordan was great? Whether it was in motivating teammates, or (laughs) plays he made on the field, or you know pulling Dennis Rodman out of bed with Carmen Electra, or uh, you know criticizing Jerry Krause and being everything. Look at how great I was, and and all the media would say is, "Boy, you get a new appreciation for how great Michael Jordan is." He knew how this is how it was going to play, and he's his message was, "I want to show you, I want to show you how great I was, I want to show you what I demanded from my teammates, and how it was okay because I wanted to win." Everybody else is a support player in my story. Everybody, all these other NBA. Gary Gary Payton is is a planet Lovetron in my orbit, and Scottie <laughs> Pippen may be Mercury, and Phil Jackson's the Sun. But it is all in my orbit. It is all about me. And if it doesn't fit my narrative, and it's something I don't want to talk about, I'm not going to use it. But I'm better than LeBron. This is what he wanted everybody to know, and that's why he did this. All of those reasons why he called all his teammates. Do this interview for me. Please do this for me because this is his story. That's what he wants. I want to show everybody I could still be this way. All you other guys are doing all the stuff outside the NBA. um, LeBron's going to be in Space Jam. You know, I was in Space Jam first. You know what? Here's a documentary I'm producing that that, that more people are watching on ESPN than any other uh, documentary show they had on there. It's all because he just wants everybody. He, He can't stop. And this is the thing about NBA players. I say this all the time. They are the most fragile egos of everybody that plays sports. They fight a constant battle of who is better than who and who gets respect and who should get more respect. They all fight it. Whether you're Kevin Durant, whether you're Chris Paul, whether you're Kyrie Irving, uh, it doesn't matter. You are constantly fighting for respect no matter how good you are because you make up these things in your head that okay i need to be able to exert my dominance over these other players jordan can't do it anymore because he can't play so how do i do it i show you how dominant i was back then and that shows you how dominant i would be an m right now that's why we got last dance so jordan could do this
6: well absolutely i mean it's all a vanity project that had been on ice for years right they signed the agreement back before that season and and as you chronicled it, I mean, I haven't done the screen time. The only thing that really mattered to me was the pizza story. Uh, the yeah, nah, that's pizza now. story. Nah. Come on. How great nah, was nah. it, though? No. The, don't. The, stop. I, I ate d- a pizza d- and I ate it all. No. That's Nobody not, else that. ate any of that nope. pizza. Nope. Just the stop. way he said that he ate the stop. whole pizza was funny. I, yeah, no, I know. Who's buying that pizza story? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Pizza. He's
0: talking about spitting on pizza. He's the only one. Hey, that gets it disgusting.
6: That's, I can't talk about that part of it. Poor Let's just get past the pizza. pizza. <laughs> but, but today, Jerry Reinsdorf saying he didn't like the way the, the ending was done, saying that that was a lie. So now we got a battle there saying, well, you know, we tried to get Phil, and then Michael had cut himself cutting a cigar so he wasn't able to play and whatever else and all these other things that go through it. So there's going to be more fight over that. That, people that are upset about this because everybody wants to do the LeBron versus Michael, the Kobe versus Michael, Just they, they all need a hug. Just enjoy it for what it was. Ten hours of reminding us of some pretty damn good basketball players. Sure, it set Jordan up above them all, you know, deified like like Superman was with that statue and Batman versus Superman before they tried to deface it. But the... You like that? Is the, Mm -hmm. the idea that you had Gary Payton, okay, pushed him aside a little bit, but you got to watch him a bit in the frustration. You remember Sean Kemp terrorizing people down the lane, Charles Barkley before he he was bloviating, was dominant in the low post and a hell of a rebounder despite being undersized. Go, go all the way through Carl Malone and John Stockton and everybody else. Even Stockton showed up, right? A couple of interview clips there. No Carl no mm-hmm. Malone though or, or Brian Russell But just go on down the line I mean it, it was set up as soon as we knew The rules of engagement of Jordan had approval Even during that final season That it wasn't just a Bulls thing It was him specifically And as soon as you knew that it's like alright Let's see what kind of filter we get here. And Mm -hmm. the the best thing is we get a bunch of those iPad reactions. I'd watch 10 hours of that. How much would it cost to pay Michael Jordan to just sit there and randomly hand him an iPad with TikTok videos (laughs) or whatever the hell else you want, man? Just the eyebrow raises, the eye rolls and everything else are funny, right? Because in the last episode, right, we see the eye roll with the Jerry Reinsdorf comments. Well, and then Reinsdorf shoots back. So let's do a follow-up on that. So there, there's still so much more, but it get, gets people talking, gets people excited. And and Jordan, at least for now, was able to put and, and buttress that legacy, right? that history, and, and say, okay, here I am. You you want to want to shoot at me? Come come get me, right? You shoot at the king, you, Kane, you best
0: not. <laughs> you said buttress. Well, Sorry. you like that. Yeah, but, no, but to shoot word. at the
6: king, you best not miss. In other sure. words, don't go three and six in the finals. <laughs> is really best shot across
0: the bow. You know, but that's the other part of this is that after the the last dance aired, and really it is, I would say if you had a pie in Michael Jordan's head, the percentage of the pie that he wants to be so everybody understands I'm better than LeBron is like 50% of the reason he did the last dance. I want people to think I'm sick of LeBron. I'm sick of hearing LeBron. I want people to, I I was better, I was better. Uh, You saw the poll last night that came out. 73% of people who were polled say that uh, Michael Jordan was better than LeBron James. James, right. Even though LeBron's career is not done yet. And, it you know, he's still trying to figure things out. ESPN, they put a poll out and 73 percent of the responders say Michael Jordan better than LeBron James. Now, there's so many different things you can do with this, but I, I, I can settle this very, very easily is you can sit here and talk about what Michael Jordan was as a passer and what LeBron is as a passer, what LeBron is as a rebounder and what Michael Jordan is defensively and, and, you know, what Michael Jordan does in his, you know, did in his game, could he do it now? And what LeBron does now, could he do it with Jordan? You can break this down so many different ways. But I'm going to tell you, it, it's so much easier to, to figure out Michael Jordan or LeBron. You ready? I'm going to hit you with it. Hit me. If I told you, you have to bet every dollar you own, every dollar you have, every bit of collateral you have, your house, your car, your bank account, your rent, your mortgage payment, whatever it is, every single dollar you have that's an asset you have to scrape up and you have to bet on a basketball game. And here are the teams, and I'm going to give you your choice on the team you have to bet on that you can have either LeBron or Michael Jordan. you got to win that game. Who are you picking? You're picking Michael Jordan. Sure. You are, and it's not even close. If, if you look at it that way, oh, it's not even close. Because LeBron has lost many, many big games. When has Michael Jordan lost a big game? Once he started winning, he never lost a big game. He always found a way. So if I get to bet all my money, if you're talking, oh, my God, i got to bet this on one team and I can have either player, I'm taking Michael Jordan because I know Michael Jordan would find a way to win. Where LeBron, he might find a way to win. He'd find a way to have a great game statistically, but would he come down to win at the end? I don't know that. I know Michael Jordan would win, so that way it's pretty simple.
6: Yeah, no, I, I that's it. You, you'll bet on him for those final minutes and – the intestinal fortitude and dragging guys along because it's funny, right? I I think the the great example of this is the much maligned Scotty Pippen reputation, right? The 1.8. And all of these things, and then even when he's going in and out of a game with a bad back, Jordan goes out of his way to say, hey, and Scotty, I mean, he couldn't even get up and down the court, man. I had to carry everybody. <laughs> it's like, this guy's gutting through, taking treatment, coming back out of the locker room looking like death warmed over. It's like, man, I had to drag him along. I mean, that's I wasn't getting anything from Scotty. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> the fact that this is the guy that was your number two all these years that you're still taking a bat to him in the final game when he stole every minute from injury that he could just it's just funny to me I mean just all the way through but that dagger and fighting windmills on a whole other level I mean it's unhealthy psychologically I can't imagine living what is he 57 now 57 years of my life like Mm -hmm. that like And look, I feel them. You feel them, right? Professionally, we finish a segment, and the two of us look at each other and go, nah, we missed a, a beat here, or there was a joke that could have gone here, or one more piece of detail, and we, we curse ourselves. Imagine if you're him, the one shot that didn't fall, the teammate's shot that didn't fall after what you thought was a perfect pass. I mean, building that anger. I mean, I don't know. I'm surprised he doesn't shoot lasers out of his eyes at this point. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason
0: Smith Show with Mike Hartman, live from the Geico Studios. Got more last dance coming up. Got Dan Wojcik stopping by. L.A. Times insider, big fan of last dance. Get his thoughts on Jordan LeBron and pizza without being so disgusting about it. So we got that coming up as well as, wait a minute, is one baseball star worthy of one more season in the league? Could he be yes. back for one more year? Would you sign him? Bartolo Colon is at that point. The big sexy wants back in Major League Baseball, even though he's been out for over a year. He said he'd love to have one more season. He's 46 years old. Would love for to be with the Mets if they wanted him, because he said that was the best <laughs> clubhouse he was with. And I'm like, when has anybody ever said the Mets were the best team I was with? I mean, really they left him alone. I mean, really, no, no, no. Here's why. Here's this is the best part of it. I get to look. He became even more of a a cult hero when he's with the Mets. He had his mm-hmm. home run with the Mets. He had a big run with the Mets when everybody thought he was. Done when in his 40s. No, no, I get it. But why he wants to come back with the Mets. And Bartolo Colon coming back was a pretty big story today. Uh, He said because everybody treated him great, even, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, even the kitchen staff.
6: Yeah, there
0: you go. So now you know, that's why well, you know New, New York, a lot of chefs, a lot, you know, a lot of great food, but you know, everybody's got their own priorities, but for Bartolo Colon it was the kitchen staff that treated him really well, which apparently is why, you know, he's he's big sexy and not just, you know, normal
6: size sexy. I love it. He turned 47 Saturday, I think. So <laughs> he got that along the way. Uh I, I think it's brilliant. I would love to see him have one more run. I mean, look, pitching is going to be at a premium this year. Who doesn't need another arm? And we need another folk hero. Well, if he can still throw, I'm
0: sure someone will say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. You've been out for a year. We're trying to come back. We have lots of things we're figuring out. Oh, yeah, I, I, could, see, I could see someone picking him up at, at some point during the season. I can come back and pitch. And he'll start throwing complete games. Out of the league for a year and a half. Yeah, I'm good. 87 pitches, complete game. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. But you're even heavier than you were before. Nope, doesn't matter. Can still do it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but and with as the long quarantine,
6: the, he might be in the best shape of his life. Uh, yeah, but what's the great shape? I
0: mean, maybe he needs a little bit of weight on him. Maybe it's he all needs relative,
6: it. buddy. It's all what, relative. What, what if you
0: saw a picture of him and he looks like CC Sabathia now and he's all <laughs> jacked up?
6: Look at Bartolo Colon's like, yeah, not a look like that anymore. Could CC Sabathia throw the ball now? Is he too yoked? Could he get a full range of motion with that body he's rocking now?
0: <laughs> No, he's all stiff and robotic now. I just can't do it now. I'm jacked. I can't do it. Uh, although we're apart these days, we're sharing more, and Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Give back a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. Joining us now on the hotline, the man who first came on our show and said, watch Last Dance. It is Fantastic. He is LA Times NBA insider, friend of the show, Dan Wojcik. Dan, what's happening, my friend? Did I deliver on this? Did we enjoy the ten hours we spent together um, going over Michael Jordan's past grudges? It I was. It, it was. It was almost <laughs> like you put it together yourself.
8: Yeah, it was um, watching him just tick off names from his list, <laughs> from the uh, Bradford Smith to Karl Malone to, jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, George Carl, how dare you not say hi at a restaurant? Like, what a total <laughs> jerk. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think if we got an extra episode, there'd be probably um, Hugh Hollands would probably be in there.
6: Sure. I uh, think he ever ate another pizza after that night? In yeah, Utah? yeah,
8: exactly. We would figure out maybe Papa John would catch a little. Sure. Catch
0: some stuff. Dick um, Bavetta would be on that list, sure. <laughs>
8: Scott Burrell probably four to five more times. Um, he was well, too nice. At-
0: Dan, if, if if you had if you turned why was the last dance made into a pie chart, okay? Why did they make yeah. it's a pie chart? Half fifty percent is so Jordan could show everybody he's better than LeBron. Twenty five percent would be settle old grudges. Twenty five percent would be remind everybody again how great I was. And there is your there is your pie for the last dance. Um, you missed. I think it's probably twenty five percent LeBron. Twenty five percent.
8: Um, settle these grudges and and just remind Patrick Ewing that, you know, you further emasculate Patrick Ewing by making him talk about all the times you beat him while he wears a shirt that has your logo on it, which I thought was a nice touch. And then I would say the other 25% is remind everybody how great you are. And then the other quarter is to sell more sneakers. Because I will say this, um, watching this show um, has made me just like lust um, as a consumer um, first stuff. uh, I, I, can't explain why, um, I don't know why all of a sudden I was like, Hmm, maybe I do need a Scotty Pippen jersey. I'm a grown man guys. <laughs> I don't need a Scotty Pippen jersey, <laughs> but you're I buying like, all the I,
0: university of Michigan, Jumpman logo gear that the uh, has got for the guys. I, I, I have left
8: b- roughly, I would say probably a thousand dollars in merchandise in carts, various sort of like website carts <laughs> just around the internet and before i've been like this is dumb like you have a child this is a pandemic like save your money and it's like i don't know i just found that the character shirt from their second title i think i, get it. I really wanted i will say this guys one thing though for sure and i thought about this today was like so obviously the soundtrack Got a lot of attention on the last dance, and it was great. Um, but I, I think you know, as like we want like younger people to recognize how great Jordan is, I don't want them to get the wrong idea about how good '90s music was because it wasn't as good as portrayed in the soundtrack. I think for every you know, um, Keras, one song or Tripod Quest song, Paul Bachman is hiding around the corner too. Um, you know, or Vertical Horizon or something like that. So I, I just. I want to make that point very clear that this was the best of the '90s music, not a representative sample. Um, probably why I like this is the best of Michael Jordan, not a full-on representative sample of him either.
0: Now, wait a minute, just to just to be be clear, Vertical Horizon was "Rendezvous" and "I'm Through with You," right? That was Vertical Horizon. That's, that's Eve Six. Oh, Eve right. Six. Sorry. Vertical <laughs> Horizon right.
3: no.
8: is um, that she's everything you want, everything you need. Everything inside of you that I think I can. That song, yes. Um, I mean, like, just total, like, bliss, like, just huge bliss rock. Um, That was such a staple of, uh, particularly, the late 90s. Guys with um, Puka Shell necklaces and uh, blonde streaks (laughs) in their hair and really earnest, and a really earnest look in their eyes. And I can say this because I was one of these people who the guitar. So I like I we could smell our own and I just um that was watching that like I did have a moment watching I think um uh, you know the, the highlights of the, the Sonic series thinking back to myself, oh, I remember watching these games
6: and I was wearing the biggest pants I can think of. <laughs> 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 uh, that's an interesting way to come at it uh, there's no question about it all right so parts <laughs> nine and ten right as far as i know really weren't mm-hmm. previewed by anybody in advance Correct. so we all got to watch the glorious uh, nature of those unfold uh what did you make uh, of the ending of running it back in reinsdorf because uh, he today wasn't very pleased went with uh, folks there in chicago saying hey this is all bs
8: yeah. You know, I mean, I think hearing that, obviously, like your brain instantly goes into like, what if, like, what would it have been like to have had kind of one more year with them? Would their legacy be diminished? You know, had they done it and lost? Um, what would it have been like to see Jordan play without Scottie Pippen next to him? You know, I know he seemed to think that they would convince Scottie Pippen to every resigned. I can think of about 60 or 70 million reasons why that wouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> You, you know, but but I do think it's it's fascinating. I mean, look, with, you know, one of the kind of interesting things is, you know, we're living in the player movement era now. I wonder with, with a virtually empty salary sheet and Michael Jordan on the roster, what kind of talent could they have attracted in free agency? What kind of players would have taken discounts to bring ring chase alongside Michael Jordan? You know, um, it would have been a really interesting thing to kind of watch those guys Go out more on their own terms. But in a lot of ways, I think the fact that it was kind of the, the rug was pulled out of them maybe a little early, that, you know, their flame was snuffed out instead of it just kind of, you know, burning out kind of naturally, um, there's an added mystique to the team, right? Like, do we get, uh, I don't know that we get an 11th hour of them, you know, losing to of Morning in the playoffs, right? Or uh, the Indiana Pacers in their weird playoff shaved heads coming through the next <laughs> season you, you, you know <laughs> to, to, to get them um i don't I, I don't know that the team is held such as in the same level of a team i mean part of the great thing about jordan and the bulls right is at the end like he'd never lost for like a decade essentially um even the the loss of the magic doesn't count because he was wearing the wrong jersey number for some reason like you, you know i i think um that's sort of the mystique of of Michael Jordan and the team and the brand and all of that stuff. And so I think, you know, um, hearing Jordan say, like, I would have played again and it was maddening to go out this way. Like I, want, I part of me was like, oh, man, I wish we could have gotten that. Um, on the other hand, though, like I think now with my, my rage subsiding after 24 hours, I think it probably was a good thing. I think that, you know, it's fun to remember Jordan more as like kind of this, this perfect basketball player than to see, you know, kind of the weird – Sort of aged out, puffy, small forward version that was still a great player, but obviously wasn't the, the same person that so many people in Chicago, like me, idolized.
0: So you're not going to a concert right now to go see Steppenwolf and Bachman Turner Overdrive because sure. they're like you know years past. And like you wanted to see them in sure. the late '60s, early '70s. You're not going to the, you're not yeah, going dude. to a festival fairground for that show.
8: Yeah, I, I I don't need to go to some sort of rib fest somewhere to see p c o Rip 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 through a, rip through a twenty two minute of taking care of business because r- really what else is anybody there? Um, no, I, I I don't need that. I will say this guys. Um I think the last two episodes provided me with um maybe one of my favorite behind the scenes stories and then I think um what I thought was the, the kind of the best sort of Storyline stuff. Obviously, the Steve Kerr stuff was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Plasch-Tree, he would watch a Steve Kerr documentary. So would I. Fascinating guy, um, you know. And I think people knew his backstory, obviously, but I think on a, on a wider scale, people kind of learning that um, about him, about his family, where he comes from. It makes perfect sense that he is the way that he is. Um, my two favorite things: I love the ending um, with sort of. Phil Jackson having everybody like kind of giving them homework and then burning these words in a can as some sort of cleansing ritual. Um, pretty pretty like <laughs> it's pretty wild that you think a team that's won you know six titles that's just won three straight would would kind of go through this as a way to just kind of and then go their own separate ways, right? Like um, there's something very cinematic about that. And I think my favorite thing that happened on Sunday was I love the story of Michael Jordan and his security team um, with Gus flatt. That is a very real thing guys around the NBA. Um, you know guys that have their, their personal security guards, guys that have been with them for years. Um, it is a sometimes father son relationship sometimes it is a best friend or a brother relationship. Uh, maybe it's an uncle or something like that. It's a very important part of kind of that superstar life. And I love seeing Jordan in a moment of real humanity, you know, with that after that game seven against the Pacers. And then I love that the directors had the sense of humor to cut right from that scene to have him just go and berate Larry Bird in the back. Um, <laughs> <that's> super <laughs> foul mouth right afterwards to, to kind of give you the full spectrum of Jordan in, in, in 35 seconds. I think if I could be like, this is what Michael Jordan was, I would show those two minutes. <laughs> it would be like, look at this <laughs> super nice guy. Oh, there's labor, and that's him. Time to off, and time to go practice
6: golf.
0: He's on Twitter at Dan Woicky Sports. That is at Dan Woicky Sports. He has also just bought tickets to the Poison Cinderella uh, dual online wow. concert. Cinderella is
8: the- still putting out some good stuff, guys. All right, that is a long prime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dan, thanks so much, buddy. As always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Be good. Awesome stuff, and I'll tell you, you. Know, music is so important. You know, you talked about the closing of of the uh, episode music is always important in shows and whenever you are ending something that last song whether it's like the the final song of a final episode in a long standing series or the end of a movie it oh it means so much when you can pick that right song and clearly pearl jam last night i mean that was perfect i'm like okay this is this is like the second time that's happened because you know a year and a half ago when twin peaks the return came back The next to last, like the song that really closed it was Eddie Vedder doing Out of Sand and it was phenomenal, and it was one of those songs that just encapsulated everything, and it's one of the, you'll always remember that and identify that song with this moment, and clearly, you know, that happened again last night, and it's, it's hard to do, because sometimes your music choice at the end is like, ah, oh, that's a little cliche. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. And then it works, and you go, wow, this is just legendary. I mean, music is, people don't understand how important music is when you are either movies or to TV shows, and I don't mean the score. I mean, hey, when you are using a piece of music to convey a feeling, because there's nothing that makes people feel more anything than music does. And when you pick that right piece, it's just, I mean, look, look look at the attention it got right after it was done, because it was just a perfect moment.
6: No, that's it. They could sell hundreds of thousands of copies of the soundtrack, right? I would be curious to go through the singles list and see how many of these artists got a pretty big uptick from being part of this 10 10-part series. Hell, the the intro song for the Bulls was getting downloaded at record paces over the last... So, you know, a little Alan Parsons project for the world. Uh, But, yeah, it's just kind of funny to watch it through. The only problem with Veterans is he's a Cub fan. Outside of that, I mean, he seems to have a song for every moment. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, And why it costs so much if you're doing a film. I mean, you talk to people who've tried to put together a uh, a movie Uh, And you and I, we've been around L.A. a while. We've got plenty of those people. I mean, hell, even our guy Anthony uh, Ferrante trying to put the Sharknado stuff. Yeah, trying to get the music rights to this. Nope, that's going to cost us (laughs) half our budget to try to just get that song in for 30 seconds. I mean, it's kind of a big deal when those things make make, uh, the cut because they decided it was that important to make it part of the project.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m.
4: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And you know, we've talked this hour. We're talking a lot of Last Dance. We have more of this coming up because it's it's so much fun to talk about the Michael Jordan documentary on his life, and you know, so many questions surrounding Jordan and how he would be if he played now, what if he played with LeBron James, what if LeBron played back with Jordan. LeBron did a big um, interview on YouTube today, uninterrupted channel, saying he would have been a great teammate for Michael Jordan. It would have been awesome. He would have been able to play the Scottie Pippen role uh, and and do it to a a better way. Uh, There's been a lot of back and forth on you know these guys, how they would fit in, how they would play together. And I'll tell you what, I think the comparison with who Michael Jordan would be if he played today is being made with the wrong person, because if Michael Jordan played today, offensively, he'd be James Harden. All right, now you of that, oh, you can't disrespect that. Just think of it for a second. If he played today, offensively, he'd be James Harden, all right? Harden averages 35 points a game, seven assists, and six rebounds. That's what Jordan did in his heyday. All right, so it's not mm-hmm. like Harden's averaging 22 again. No, Harden's doing 35, 7, and 6, and he's doing it every single night. Right? Harden's step back is the same thing as Michael's fadeaway. Right? So they each had their signature move, what they could accomplish. Jordan couldn't back defenders down like he used to because help defense is different now, and it would be a little bit tougher. So he would his shooting percentage would go down, but he would hit more threes. So it would even out. He'd still score 30 to 35 a game. His assists would be the same. Harden, maybe a couple more. A little bit different styles, but they would both accomplish the same thing. And and just think, oh boy, yeah, Jordan, but Jordan's able to win more. Uh, Scotty Pippen's one of the top 50 players to ever play in the NBA all time. All right? Give James Harden one of the top 50 players in the NBA all time to play alongside him for the bulk of his career and, and tell me what ch- kind of championships James Harden would win. All right, so the, there it, the... The comparison, I think, is pretty easy to make. Even though it's different styles, people don't like James Harden as much as they like Michael Jordan. What they accomplished, what they would do—that's uh, kind of that's
6: kind of where I see Jordan if he was playing nowadays. What it would be—I would be really entertained to watch that 50 of all time because right, we're coming up on 75 years now. Isn't that coming up here in short order for the NBA? Yeah. Uh, is Scottie Pippen going to be a top 50 guy then? Does one point eight second take him down now? I am saying he obviously is now. He obviously is now. But he if we still take is. in he still is. if we take into account the well but that that becomes the question, right? Uh, of you know, right, but that, but that was part of his
0: people. legacy when he was. So either now you can't just say, "Oh, now I'm going to think about it more and it weighs more." So
6: now he's not. I mean, that was part of. No, that was part the, of his legacy. That's the way this works now, man. <laughs> is That mm-hmm. you take into account new guys, right? Pippin goes out, Durant goes in. I mean, things like that would certainly happen in this process. And and look, um, you, you've looked at uh, James Harden has had some. Pre- Pretty good teammates along the way. Uh, the other thing with Jordan, he would live at the free throw line just like James Harden because you can't oh, touch yes. people now. Yep. Uh, so that certainly comes into play, right? No hand-checking, none, none of those things, which is where you have Jerry West. He was on with Dan Patrick earlier just going, I don't know how you – how you stop him, uh, and it translates, and everything else, and you know we play our time heist games, but uh, for it, a lot of that fits, except you know you get the added bonus of a guy that I'll actually stand in and play defense. Uh, yeah, now <laughs> so. just defensively things are different. Obviously, <laughs> you know Jordan's a much.
0: I mean, look, you can't even compare them defensively because you got to hide James Harden on defense. Yeah, no, but I mean, offensively
6: they, that that's who he would be. And it goes back to the you know the rule of thumb. Folks always point to the three point stats, it's like if. If it was the same game now, yeah, they'd be using, you know, Jordan would be shooting for more three pointers just by by virtue of where the game has gone. There's there's no question there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's an apt comparison. You know, people like to go to the heavyweights just because that's the the best uh, uh, arguments to get people all fired up. But yeah, uh, and maybe Michael Jordan would grow a beard with that bald head. It'd be great. Oh. I mean, he had a goatee for a while, but no, think about see- him. He'd look, he'd look evil with those sunglasses that he was wearing at that last championship parade plus uh, our championship rally in Grant Park plus no, I, I, a long goatee going there. I mean, come no. on, think about that. I, I don't think he'd go full beard. I think he looked, he'd feel like it's
0: too slow. <laughs> well, feel it like would I'm, be I'm not as aerodynamic as I would running up and down the court. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Not going to happen. Uh, Twitter at Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. We got more last dance coming up, but straight ahead, hey, the biggest domino fell just now to resume sports.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Fox Sports Radio, greetings. Welcome inside hour three of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And we'll have more on Last Dance coming up in a few minutes, including, you know, we've kind of hit on something here as far as the music and what's really trending now. Uh, people are really digging uh, the Pearl Jam, the way they closed Last Dance. And look, we talked about last hour how important it is to have music. And when you finish a season of a television show with the right song and a music montage. It just lit. The song lives forever and you will never think of it again without thinking of the scene from television. So we'll, we'll have that coming up in a few minutes. Cause I, I, I'm, I've been thinking, you know, since we talked about this a little bit going, boy, I remember this song closed this season of this TV show. And that was fantastic. And this song closed this season. So we'll get into some music a little bit here and, and maybe Harmon can find out
6: uh, maybe what uh, TV shows used Afghan wigs to uh, close. Oh, there have been a few that have uh, dialed those up uh, along the way. Oh, have yeah, okay. <laughs> very. You think, I, you think I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I, I, I know. You're going to have like, there was a short-lived television show called My Mom the Dog, which came out in 1987. And that was
6: right when Afghan wigs fired. So
0: I'm, I'm sure you're going to wow. have some
6: real obscure things on there. It's really kind of mean to say it like that. I'm I mean, just. I'm what just did they? What did Greg Dooley ever do to you? Nothing. I, I, I mean, he owns the shortstop near Dodger Stadium. If you're in Echo Park and you want to either listen to some music or go have a beer before or after the game, you're there. Um, he's he's a Cincinnati Reds fan, Dodger season ticket holder because he lives out here. We've talked baseball before. You would appreciate that. He hates the Mets. I mean, it's all good. Oh, he hates the Mets. Well, now now, now blank him. Forget it now. Now it's all right. I may have made that last one up, but I got you excited.
0: (laughs) Uh, But uh, speaking of Los Angeles sports, it looks like we are now going to see all California teams in action sooner than anticipated. As earlier today, both California and New York, their governors, Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo announced that professional sports could reopen The first week-ish of June. Not June 1st, but the first week when... This is when Major League Baseball is thinking. All right, we got to have a decision made so we can start our little spring training. Maybe this is when the NBA is thinking we got to have our decision uh, by the beginning of June if we're going to play or not. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we heard from both New York and California today, because as as we've said for a long time, these are the two big dominoes that have to fall when it comes to sports being able to resume without having to do even more heavy lifting than they were going to already, because. With these two states being one where uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is, is on the, the side of the the diameter of, hey, we're going to be really smart and, and take extra care in opening this state. And in New York, New York City is very difficult. It was the epicenter of coronavirus outbreaks for a long time. So these were the two that needed to get to points where, okay, opening up sports is going to be something we can do. And I didn't think it was going to happen for a long time. Look, I'm taking uh, Governor Newsom at his word last week when he said, hey, the, this state might not open for a while. We may uh, we may just be closed down until the year 2030. We may be closed down until the Olympics show up in 2028. Maybe even then we're not going to open up. We're going to be closed down for a long time. Just one big <laughs> desert sea of closing down. I mean, he basically he basically said, listen, we're not going to have it we're not going to have sports i can't see it i can't see it now when sports does come back both uh california and new york said that it was going to be without fans which obviously this is what's going to happen if and when sports comes back but this is 180 degrees from where governor gavin newsom was a week ago mike this is this is shocking that it happened like this this turned turnaround i'd have thought there's no way there's no way this happens but obviously new york and california are talking And, look, two of the big leaders states-wise as far as the economy and and, and gross national product and population, so you knew they'd be at the top of this working together. It's no coincidence it happened today. Uh, There's a couple reasons why I think this reversal happened, and the first one I'm going to tell you is as much as people want to be safe and want to stay home, and I think the general, the majority of the people in this country – if you're on one side or the other say okay we should we should be closed a little bit longer versus we should reopen right now i think majority of people would be a little bit closer to the side of ah, let, let's let's make sure we, we're all safe when we do this. Let's do a little bit more caution. But clearly th- you're starting to get more momentum for opening up again because eventually the United States is going to have to open up. It's about doing it safely and doing it the right way, which is what I think many people are concerned about. Are we really going to do it the right way? We don't have testing yet. Is it going to be safe? You can tell me it's safe, but the fact that there's no testing tells me how can you tell me how safe it is? So there's always questions going on. But I guarantee you, and there's no way either of them would make this decision unless they knew and they did uh, and uh, all kinds of of polling and, and, and found through resources that it was not going to be popular for them if they stayed shuttered for longer than. The next few weeks, because if they were going to be the last ones to reopen with the rest of the country reopening, the majority of people in the state are going to want to, would want to reopen. Hey, why, what are we doing? And suddenly, politically, that turns the tide on Newsom and Cuomo, who have seen huge boosts in their popularity mm-hmm. because of the way they've dealt with the coronavirus pandemic. There's no and, and it, it sucks that politics has to be a part of it, but it is because Gavin Newsom wants to continue to be electable. I'm sure he wants to run for president. Andrew Cuomo, the same way, wants to be electable. I'm sure he wants to run for for president sure. so that they're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize that there's no way they just suddenly say oh yeah uh we think we can do it that's the first part of it is that they saw the longer this goes the more unpopular the, even while the decision is popular now the more
6: unpopular it would be so let's open this up a little bit more now well and that's the the difficulty right is that the pragmatism the polling numbers, the GMP, you, you, you referenced it there. It's something I've been banging the drum on. I mean, it's the sixth largest, California that is, you know, if it was an independent nation, it's the sixth largest economy in the world. So to shut it down and grind it down as it's been, you know, there, there's a lot of ramifications for that. You look at the unemployment numbers that have been going through, and this isn't to be the, you know, socioeconomic and socio political show of record, although we can do a pretty good job at that. It's the, uh, the idea that you've got a huge unemployment number that's rising and a number of businesses that are teetering right? The mom and pop businesses. You can go online right now and look up any number of chain restaurants that are probably on the verge of collapse based on the inability to serve people and sit down. Because those are not the first things that on the dial up when you go to order out and get something delivered, right? You're looking at a mom and pop, you're looking at a pizza place or a sandwich shop in general, right? Those are the things that are going to come to the forefront. So when you look at that and you talk about New York, and Cuomo making those comments this morning. I mean, I texted you and, and our executive producer Justin Frostberg immediately. was like, well, there we go. This is this is a big change because New York's been hit hardest, right? We look at New York, we look at New Orleans, uh, and, and a couple other spots, and and certainly California. But when you start talking about mortality rates versus incident rates going down and all of these metrics that say, all right, things are better, and over here you've got the economic wall that's just going up, uh, it's something I had to give. And they go lockstep, and now we start a plan forward.
0: Twitter out, how about a fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. You know, the other part of it is this, and, and this is where the – teams themselves use their probably their last bit of leverage with the governor with the government is that when sports was starting right what did we see last week okay Arizona said hey pro sports mm-hmm. is open if you need a place to play come here and you had Florida say so oh, screw that just come here just come sure. here. Arizona tried to be a little bit, you know, we're open, so if you need something, where Florida just said no, blank you, just come here. We got you. we got you. Don't worry about it.
6: Yes, you know, kind of raising the skirt, the hem, uh, yeah. just up mid thigh, like yeah. how you doing? Uh, whereas Florida just said, "Come yeah. on
0: in, let's no, party." Arizona walked up to walked up to the girl and said, "So, you know, I, th- I think we both find each other attractive, and you know, we seem to be getting along okay. And I don't know what you'd like to do after the bar closes, There's but." But no sex. You might be open to hanging out. That that would be something I would be okay with. And then there's Florida. Just walked up and said, "You ready to go?" I mean, that, that's that's the difference. That, you, that's the difference me, between both of them. Party the time. Difference. Let's go. Uh, so, knowing full well that when sports does resume, and knowing that baseball is going to try it. And we're all we're also going to get some from, you know, the, hopefully the NBA tries it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the NHL is going to try. Hopefully uh, MLS is going to try. They already have plans to come back. Is that th- the governors know they're going to go someplace to play. If baseball's going to play, the Dodgers are going to try to find a place to go play. And if they're going to go play in Phoenix, Why are we having them do that? Why are we risking losing money and revenue in-state by letting them go to do this in Phoenix? And why are we risking us looking bad? And again, continue, the bad optic of, nope, the Dodgers can play, they just can't play in our state. And they wind up getting more bad publicity that way. So the combination of, well, if you're bent on going to play, you may as well play here. You know, so why, why why risk going out and having and having other cities, uh, you know, make money off of you and, and you play there when we can just do it here? So I guarantee you, that was the other big part was that. Well, listen, if you're bent on playing anyway and you really want to do it, all right, I'm getting favorable reports. Let's just open up and you play here. And, okay, great. So, because they would not have done that if they didn't know the Dodgers would go, the Angels would go, the Padres would go, the A's would go, the Giants would go, everybody would go. The Mets would go, the Yankees would go, the Knicks would go, the Nets would go, so would the Jets, so would the Giants if it came to the National Football League. And you can't have that happen, So because hopefully by the fall you're going to get situations where fans can come to games. Hopefully, not likely, but hopefully. And so, okay, if that's all going to happen... All right, we'll let him do it. We'll let him play here. I think the combination of both of those things pushed that big reversal because what else would have, what else would have changed Gavin Newsom's mind after he said a week ago, hey, we might not be able to play all year long, and then once
6: Arizona and Florida said, hey, we're open. All right, all right, all right. Now Never mind. Stay here. Stay here. Well, I think the threat of losing all of that revenue, as we're talking about the you know GDP, uh, GNP, all of those things, uh, you know the the different indicators, domestic, national, uh, state revenues. Let's just put it in its basis terms. Uh, if suddenly you're losing that many teams to Arizona, to Nevada, to Florida, whatever the permutations are, I mean that that's not insignificant. And also, you're gonna upset your political base even more look these other states are are opening up and these folks have their freedoms at some point people are raising their hands going well what about us how long before we get a chance to get back out and live even if we can't go to a game to just be able to watch on slash bet on Because that's another part of the economics that we have to consider, the millions of dollars that will be legally wagered state to state along the process. So it all adds up to a giant pile of money. And let's face it, the unrest, it's palpable. I mean, if you've gone out to grocery stores or or been out, even if you go to get gas or whatever the case is, you're out here in California, you're going to hear conversations and you're going to have folks on either side. All right. I go out to walk my dog and there's very heated discussions going on in the streets. All friendly but people coming from very different points of view as to how things should be handled. I mean, we've got friends that are going for walks near beaches and mad that folks aren't handling, right? There's the same way they would. It's like not everybody's going to look at the world the same. From a political standpoint, you're trying to make sure that you're within within reason. Because the other thing is I think both – Governors were in a position where any longer you're going to start seeing some lawsuits mount as well as to how legal some of these orders are in terms of freedoms. Right. Where, where's that fine line between I'm doing this for your own good versus imposing a will that isn't supposed to be there based on constitutional law and all of those things. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not pretending to play one here. But all of those con- concerns are, are certainly in place. but. As the line that we were taught as kids rolls on through, you follow the money, and that's really where it's at. Will all players want to be back? I don't know. There might be that percentage alongside Blake Snell's thinking, at least for the moment, of if I don't get mine, I'm out. Well, the game will move on, and that'll give us Bartolo Colon back, so that'll be just fine by me. AutoZone has
0: more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. If you have a job that can wait until tomorrow, AutoZone offers free next-day delivery on orders over 35 bucks. Just order by 10 p.m. at AutoZone. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone AutoZone. Coming up next, we got more on Last Dance and uh, the importance of music and uh, the importance of being Michael Jordan, plus a crazy-ass story out of the National Football League that can only happen at night and on Twitter. That's Fox Sports Radio.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
0: You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that'll elevate your drive.
4: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. You know, and, and before we get back into the Last Dance, you know, the one thing now, we're at the point where, you know, look, California and New York reopening for professional sports the beginning of June is, is it too soon? I, I I kind of agree with the Lincoln Riley philosophy of we are going to have one good chance at this and and we shouldn't rush it. If if you had the, there's the one side of I you know the, all the states should stay closed through the end of the year and there's the other side saying we should open up things now so I can go get a tattoo. Um, I would say I'm a little I'm I'm in the middle but a, more towards the side of let's let's be a little bit more cautious with it just because it still is unknown and and you know I, I don't want anybody to die any 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 more people to die. I mean, it's going to happen, but I want to be able to take make sure we take care of this before we open things up again. Um, but... You know, I, I, this is the way it's going, and it's going to be exciting when sports comes back. So, how I'm going to think about this is that I don't know how long sports is going to be back for. You know, sports is going to try, baseball is going to try, and so is, you know, we'd li- I'd like to think the NBA, the NHL are going to try, the MLS is going to try, the NFL is going forward. And I'm just going to be excited and celebrate and be happy when sports comes back, however long we have them. Because we could have it for the rest of the year and they figure things out and everything is great, or they might get forced to stop because coronavirus outbreak happens If it does happen, all right, that sport shuts down. Then we're going to look forward to the next season. Hey, maybe they'll try again. The NBA will try again in November. Uh, The NFL is going to try in the fall. I'm just going to be happy for however long we have it because I don't know how long that's going to be. So I'm going to celebrate. You know, all the days. We'll be excited. We'll have sporting events. Hopefully, it's a whole season and playoffs. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if it's 50 games in Major League Baseball, they can't play anymore because there's a second wave in the fall. All right, it happens. They came back and we had it for 50 days. So I'm just going to be. happy for the days we have it because, again, I don't know how long we're going to have it for. So just celebrate that I feel like you. I celebrate all 256 of the NFL games. I'm nope, just going to celebrate true. even if it's 144 NFL games or if it's, you know, 7, 71 Major League Baseball games or 31 Major League Baseball games. Whatever it's going to be, I'll be happy for because, again, I don't know when and how long it's going to go.
6: Bottom line, it- bottom line Jason is putting in a bunch of work on the uh, the find your wins right every day you're going through and and you could be negative right you can read the news watch the news and walk away shaking your head going what the hell but there's a lot of good either the time extra time spent with family maybe you get a little bit of downtime to do some of those hobbies and projects you haven't when it comes to sports you know and, and life in general you, you take the good the good things that you have and appreciate them right what does it say don't be sad it's over be glad It happened kind of thing. I know it's more difficult to do in reality than it is to say it. But, you know, when it gets down to it, and you and I have talked about this for weeks, I'm on the, at some point, we've got to test the boundaries, right? Why, as much as we made fun of Fight Island as a concept, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I applauded the spirit of what Dana White was trying to say of, look, we've got to keep trying to move forward, right? We're never getting to zero, and even if you get on zero, what's to say you don't then determine the regular yearly flu is something that needs to shut down sectors of what we're doing? My point being that at some point, you've got to start living cautiously with some you know precautions and whether it's mask. I mean, is it that hard to put a mask on? I get it. I, I I get tired of it, but the what does it take? Two seconds, and you move on, right? You you should, in theory, forget about the fact that you're wearing it a minute or two after, and if not, just make make the voice of Bane or Vader and have some fun with it and move <laughs> on, right? I mean, so for sports, uh, I'm with you. You know how whatever mutated form of seasons we get, I'm gonna take them, right? And shorten playoffs, fine. Cardboard cutout fans or Blow up dolls—that's a whole other story. That slide over baby hour stuff uh, in the stands—that's fine. However, we have to play it. Sound, no sound. Pump it in, pump it out. Play ludicrous the whole time. Doesn't matter. Just give me some action on the field.
0: Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike at swollen dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And now, you know, obviously today is a big day to look back at Last Dance. Now that we've seen all forty-seven episodes of back to back to back to back. To back. <laughs> well, tomorrow you get the movie. Yes, tomorrow the game we... six, the movie <laughs> tomorrow, Spaceballs, the flamethrower. So we, we get the movie tomorrow. Hey, relive Michael Jordan's game-winning jumper from all seventy-six angles it was shot at now back at in HD TV, and and surround sound. Don't forget yes. on your television. You know, Pearl Jam is getting a lot of uh, love on social media tonight uh, because of the way that the Last Dance was closed uh, with a Pearl Jam song. And you know, we got into this discussion a little bit ago about the importance of music on television shows and in sports in general uh, and, and it's so overlooked but the right piece of music can just absolutely blow away a moment on the small screen and in movies too but mainly on the small screen because that's generally what uses you know they, they, they're constantly churning out uh, new content and they find a great song that fits a montage of something they want to write you know it's a little bit less in movies. But that right piece of music at the right time can just vault something into another stratosphere. Sometimes it doesn't work, and you, and you get a song that's cliche at the end, and you go, uh, okay, that stinks. But sometimes you get the right song, and, you know, present tense by Pearl Jam universally being lauded as, hey, that's the right song to end the last dance with, right? And, so I, and it, just, it just hits right, and, and many people who are going to hear this song are never going to hear it again without thinking of last dance, and that works works. And, you know, when you think back to some legendary episodes of television, uh, you know, some of the best ones I'll always think of involve a song or involve some kind of montage in it. And, you know, I was just going back, you know, thinking the past few years, in, in, you know, in my head for all, from all, all the big television shows. And I, I thought about how season two of The Wire ended with I Feel All Right by Steve Earle. It closed the, the entire series run with a long version of Way Down in the Hole, which was the theme song for The Wire and that stood mm-hmm. out. Um, West Wing ended the second episode of the second season with Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, and, and for my money, it's the single best hour of television I've ever seen uh, was that season two finale of, of West Wing. Um, Sons of Anarchy, Kurt Sutter turned into an art form. It's going to be one long music montage. It was like watching Rocky IV. It's like a music <laughs> montages everywhere. But you know, Hey Hey My My by Neil Young and Battle Me that close season three. Uh, you know, certain songs just take you to that moment and it's, okay, I'll never think of it again. I'll never think of it differently again. And, you know, rarely, but it happens in movies too. How many songs on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack do you hear now and it just reminds you of that moment? You know, it reminds you of something from that movie. Exactly. We were listening to Mr. Blue Sky. on. We were out drawing on the driveway this weekend, and I hey, put on Mr. Blue Sky. And so he and I started dancing, you and start we doing the pause the at the dance. right time. That's right. <laughs> we're just snapping our fingers, do, 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 dancing do, do. like baby Groot. Yeah, you know, you think this song that, that had such a huge run already by ELO for years, oh, Mr. Blue Sky, one of the more popular songs. But you put it in a movie, and suddenly it's, oh, it, it's a song from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And, you know, same thing, oh, that's a song from that TV show. I mean, music is so important, and it's so underrated that people don't think of its importance but it's there I, I don't mean like one of those inside the movies you know the score of a movie can really just ratchet up your pulse rate or can make you feel calm no no no. I mean the use of popular songs or you know or, or digging up old songs and put them and, and put them in a right spot that that you understand the meaning of the song because that's what works is when you hear the song you hear the lyrics and it's it's enforcing and enhancing what you're seeing on the screen in front of you that's what I mean more now I, I don't want to get too inside, uh, you know, the use of the trombone
6: here is what Abel... No, to, uh, sure. Uh, you know, you're but, getting with it. But go back to Don't Stop Believing at the end of The Sopranos, because what do you do? You start talking about the last episode of The P- Sopranos and what it all meant, right? Mm-hmm. You go through that. Uh, good riddance, by Green Day showing how old that song truly is. That was the end of Seinfeld.
0: It was such an odd song though. See, and I I thought that was a big I thought that was a big bomb by Seinfeld because the song is I hope you had the time of your life, but it's a song about someone who's broken up with someone who is like bitter at them and saying, "Hope you had the time of your life when you were with me." I always yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. was a bad Well,
6: but you know, people might have been bitter way. by the last episode. They knew it was going to be uh you know, hated uh, yeah. along the way. Yellow Ledbetter was the end of Friends. How about that? There's your I randomness. thought. Wait,
0: I thought the end of Friends was My Immortal by Evanescence. It was Yellow Ledbetter. Okay.
6: I always and thought then, it was My uh, Immortal. Well, and then, of course, the classic uh, Baby Blue by Badfinger for Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, there's a great live version of that where they were on the Kenny Rogers Hour where he's all shaggy and all hippied <laughs> out wearing his tinted sunglasses. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Bad
0: (laughs) finger. Look at you. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Trust, music is so very important. Look, when we were, when I was a production assistant at ESPN, right, when I was working in TV, like the thing you wanted to do the most was to put together a montage of like the plays of the year or uh, reflecting on a season or a very big story where you got to use modern music right where you got to use a song and it was so expensive like the rights for music was mm-hmm. so much money and if you got to do it it was like oh man you're getting you're getting to do a, I'm getting to do like a montage of highlights to it a popular song not just using some kind of music bed with no lyrics to it. you had to use a real <laughs> song that was like the thing to do it was like oh you were the coolest person in the world yeah i'm going to use uh, lightning crashes by uh, you know whatever <laughs> uh, i'm going to going to get to go back to the 70s and pull out something from stevie wonders you know he, It it doesn't matter what it was. Just the fact you get to use a popular song, like that was the one thing everybody wanted to do. Oh, Oh. I want to be be the person that cuts that uh, plays of the year and gets it on TV at the end of the year. It's all my music that I'm using, and I'm so happy because I get to finally use Devo Whip It uh, when I always wanted to use it that way.
6: But it's so good, right? It's like, hey, what's the list of approved uh, songs that fit under the budget? Yes, exactly. You want that list. You're giving me how much? All right, I can do this for less. I can probably... No, I'll, I'll record a couple hours that I don't charge them, so we stay under budget there. Mm. And it's because I want this song in <laughs> all That's those out. games, man. I got friends that make films or, or do TV shows now, <laughs> and they talk about that all the time. It's uh. like, I really wanted this song for this thing we, this scene we wrote. It was going to be so powerful, but <laughs> they showed me what it was going to cost. So I had to go to the cast. I went to catering. I was going to everybody trying to cut budget. It's so funny listening to those stories. And it's like, did you get the song? No. <laughs> they think they, they read the scene and decided that it wasn't in line with what their brand should be or whatever the case was. Just funny reasons why things don't get made.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
0: So... South Korea has kind of been leading the way with sports returning, uh, you know, baseball, soccer, and you're seeing how things go. They've dealt with the coronavirus outbreak pretty well. Uh, but then things went a little overboard. As uh, on, Sa- on Sunday, uh, FC Seoul won a game, one nothing. Okay, that's fine. Okay, sure. Uh, however, they had to apologize to fans after they inadvertently substituted supporters in the stands with sex dolls. Well, you know.
6: And what did that know, lifelike appeal?
0: They they are uh, trying to figure out social distancing and keep people in the stands, so they have put mannequins in the stands. That can hold banners, and they're all wearing masks. Which is, to me, it's just stupid. If why, why have them hold it? If you're going to put mannequins in, put a ton of them. Why are they wearing masks? What
6: the hell is wrong with you? Hey, you hey, don't know what the hell you're doing. Well, so I, I mean, I don't know. Trying to show you, you still need to be responsible. You yeah. still have to wear your masks. We're gonna, you know, mannequins
0: apparently to each other can spread coronavirus. That well, that's what it is. That, okay. This I'll is not mannequins. Well,
6: if they've been used for the purpose in which they were intended, then hell you know yeah, what? Again. We can. We need an expert. Get Andrew
0: McCarthy. On the phone. He was in Mannequin and Mannequin Two <laughs> when the mannequins trial? came to life. Let's, let's get him on. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why you have that. Why are them? Okay. Anyway. Okay. So they they go to such an extent that they want to show that hey, we're practicing very, 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 very good examples of social distancing. However, uh, they didn't realize that many of the fans were sex dolls. They were supplied by a local company, Dalcom, and many mannequins look like, as I'm
6: looking at them right now, okay, yeah, that looks like that could be a sex doll. They have apologized. No, they look like they're exclaiming with their mouths agape to a big big fly ball. Yeah, a big (laughs) big fly ball. I've been very lonely because of the coronavirus lockdown.
0: What's your name? And some I'm Will Smith in in, uh, I Am Legend talking to the mannequins. You gotta say something to me, man. If you don't say something to me now, you move from where you were the other day. Uh, So they apologized for using the sex dolls, and now they are hoping to evade punishment. By Korean baseball, uh, they face a hefty fine if they are found guilty um, because this is a big deal. And also fans are accusing FC Seoul of damaging the prestige of Korean football, <laughs> which is a punishable offense. You put sex dolls in the stands. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's going to be very serious for you because we can't have this happen. This is where Um, you push
6: back and say you, you were the ones that made the leap to assume what they were. No, oh, well, well, no. I think it's pretty easy to. Yeah I, yeah, I don't. i trying to be the legal guy I don't. like th- you, it's on you.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> it's not me. This is just a regular
6: mannequin that I brought from my house that it's you said a, to borrow and you wanted it's to borrow a it. Special mannequin. Make sure you <laughs> clean it off.
0: Uh The the K League official. This is K League is is the Korean uh football league. Uh The official official went on the record today and said, "Quote." It is not easy to say whether this breaks the rules, and it is is not a clear violation. We are trying to get a clear interpretation. So, uh, Sextile, raise your hand. Who's for him? Okay, put him down. Who's against him? Oh, all right, all right. Let, I think this might be a violation. Let's let's, uh, Can you let's put take this another- out
6: like a poll to the NBA players. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you mean? This is not clear. Who thinks that? Well, 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 put your head up again. Think it's a violation. Why is it? Well, it clearly crosses the line with the shape of the mouth of the doll. Yeah, no, no. But I don't know though. It could be just screaming happiness after a goal. Oh, it could be. Uh, why are the hips made so shapely? And well, well, that's just because of a way you could grab it. So you're carrying it and put it down on the on the seat so much. Okay, so we have some wiggle room here. We can get out from under this. Uh, it's not a violation. These are just enhanced dolls that look like real people. I
6: don't know how you're going to win that. Well, you got to try. Uh, <laughs> in the end, it's you, you allowed them to be put up in your stadium, so blame the teams. right? You know, the, the manufacturer supplied what they were asked for. Obviously, someone uh, <laughs> signed off on it. <laughs> And they were installed to their proper place. This might be the most interesting court case or public case. Uh, I mean, this is better than even Dunbar and, and company last week, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot going on there. Here it's, Ye- you know, sex dolls as fans. They weren't the- doing anything illicit. They were <laughs> the- just sitting there with with... You know, open mouths. There's no sex. Easy. The only thing I am waiting
1: for on this story. I I said
0: it well. Well, I don't know that you said it well. You kind of said it. Um, The only thing I'm waiting for is to get, hey, boyfriends of the alleged sex doll speak out. (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for. If we get that part of the story, that's all we need. That's all we. Need. That's all we need. If we if we get boyfriends of sex dolls speak out, this is not a crime, and you are you are really punishing the wrong inanimate objects. Then I'll know that. All right. Then that, that, then the story has gone too far.
6: They told me it wasn't available on Tuesday, and there it was in the second <laughs> row of the stands. Twitter that and how like about a plate of, <laughs> <laughs> of work. Twitter and how about a fresco,
0: Mike in swollen dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. <laughs> (laughs) TJ, that last few minutes, a definite landslide into Korean football. Uh, Coming up next, what is clearly the silliest yet incredibly entertaining Twitter feud between two NFL stars we need tonight. That's coming up next. This is Fox. Be sure to catch
5: live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
0: the twitter war you didn't know you needed but you absolutely do need tonight hi i'm jason smith alongside me mike Harmon. and it was tonight fox nfl put a twitter poll up very interesting question look as everybody look sports oriented is putting up polls you know for content oh yeah this is what the last you know few weeks have been so they put up a poll that seems innocuous on the on the surface. It says, which is tougher? A. Make a catch while guarding by Stefan Gilmore, who's one of the best lockdown corners in, in the National Football League, or B, break up a pass while guarding Michael Thomas? And with pictures of both players. And this is a pretty tough question. It's pretty interesting, I thought. Mm, okay, well, you got Gilmore and Thomas. I love Michael Thomas, as talented as he is. And Devontae Parker of the Dolphins, decided to answer A. Make a catch while guarded by Stephon Gilmore. Now, why would he answer that? Because he hates Michael Thomas. No, he answers that because he <laughs> plays in the AFC East. He's guarded by Stefan Gilmore twice a year. You know, Gilmore's been with the Bills and now the Patriots. So, yeah, of course he's going to say that because he's gone up against him. He doesn't know what it's like to guard Michael Thomas. Yes, he knows what it means to be a defensive back and what they go through and how they prepare for the games. But he doesn't know what it's like to be on the field and do it, so he picks... <laughs> Hey, you know who this pissed off? Michael Thomas. Well, how about that? Michael Thomas, who put this answer back in return to Devontae Parker. For you, yes. Like, you know, it, tougher covered by Stefan Gilmore. For you, yes. Go run some numbers up. Then you can talk. I lapped you, and you've been in the league longer than me, first rounder. <laughs> Devontae Parker writes back Got some hard feelings there brother Let me get targeted 300 times a game That's <laughs> it's pretty interesting I, That's a pretty good comeback by Devontae Parker That's not bad uh, Then Michael Thomas wrote back In other words you're weak They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me Remember that uh, And then he actually wrote back, again, you're still not going to do nothing. It took you six years and 17 weeks to have a good game. Get out of here. Blame your parents, not your quarterback. So this, wow. This is – wow. Wow. That's uh, that's
6: straight fire and a guy yeah. with rabbit ears, man. He got he to gotta find something to do. Look – I love Michael Thomas.
0: He's he's that talented. We talked about him. You know, the last couple of years, he should be getting MVP votes because he's sure. just that good. But man, you got to understand when <laughs> you got to back away from the keyboard. And and this is not a war that I need to be involved in. He's not saying it to slight you. First of all, how does I? You know, everybody who gets on Twitter automatically think. I love athletes who think this guy is now infringing on my freedom and he is making my life bad. So I now I have to go on. I have. To to answer this. No, you don't. It's social media. It doesn't matter. Your, your life is not going to improve or get worse one iota if you don't answer something on social media. That's not even a slight at you. You know, it's it's A because of Stefan Gilmore. Okay, i go against Stefan Gilmore. Okay. And that's all. He just wrote A. Devontae Parker didn't say anything else. Just wrote A. Didn't say A Michael Thomas stinks. Didn't say A oh, I thought it was Philip Michael Thomas from Miami Vice. No, no, none of that. Just <laughs> wrote A and instead you get this from Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas you got to back off, man. It's like he's taken that Michael Jordan, I'm going to find a slight when someone just nods to me saying hello, and I'm going to use that as motivation. He has taken that to the next level with this that suddenly now, okay, Devontae Parker is out to get him, and, and he thinks he's a bad guy, and now Michael Thomas is just you're trying to just, just just put a blanket on everything Devontae Parker
6: is saying. i got to be honest. I kind of like that, though.
0: Start uh, fighting oh, everybody. I'm not saying it's not fun. It's just, dude, you gotta you gotta pick your battles, man. You get that, that's not one that you should be going
6: crazy over. Well, it goes back to the Jordan conversation we had earlier in the show. You got to podcast the whole thing on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you pull down your audio. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, it can't be healthy to hold all that anger, and especially a lot of it that's made up in your own mind. Right, it's one thing if a guy really does slight you. All right, that that works. You know that burns. You put it up on the bulletin board. You you build your Matt Nagy wall of all the little little print things of guys that have been, you know, after you. The other one where you really have to you know have your dreams and start writing them all out like you're a Stephen King character in a deserted cabin somewhere. I mean that's the problem because <laughs> that's where Michael Jordan is. I mean he's Michael Thomas has to learn about this. Although you know I might get blocked by him just like I got you know. Most most people get blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're I completely be careful. getting blocked. Yeah, you you're know? completely
0: getting blocked. That's happening right now. He's retweeted Twitter.
6: me before, but now he may hate
0: me. No, nope, that's it. You're done now. Done. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, why Michael Jordan over LeBron James? It's a very easy question. we got more in the last dance coming up next. Fox.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm going to eat that tiny bit of ass up now. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico studios. I'll tell you what, every time I hear that, it just, you know, just kind of gets me all over again.
6: Uh. Welcome inside the slide over Baby Allen. How does it get you? Just, <laughs> what, it, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it just kinda does. I, I don't know why. It just Is it just regret? Kinda... I mean, that's a song by the Afghan Weeks. Uh is it happiness? I mean what 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 kind of feelings go through?
0: Uh just one of those I don't know, just it kinda kinda shocks me a little bit. That's all. You done tiny bit of ass up now. Yeah, it's right. This <laughs> is just us. I don't know. Oh, it's that One of those of things. Uh, you know, it's it, like I said, a little weird, a little weird, but it's okay. You know, for the long part, it's all right. Uh, so we finally have come to the end of The Last Dance. Now the Last Dance is over. There's not The Last Dance final version. It's the final Last Dance. No, no, no. The Last Dance is now officially over. All of the episodes have been aired, and, and we spent a lot of time talking about them uh, over the course of the show. today. "Look, in the past few weeks, it was it was a fun uh, bit to uh, pay attention to when there's no sports. It was a fun trip to the '90s, which is, you know, look. I, I think we've kind of had it with '80s nostalgia, good, right? Because we are in 2020 now, so I think '90s nostalgia is now going to take the place of '80s nostalgia. And there wasn't as much of the '90s as in the '80s, but that's okay. And you know, something like this cut through the. Class. Yes, because if you're of a certain age, you remember this, and if you're not, you want to learn about what Michael Jordan was like because maybe you just grew up and saw his highlights on YouTube and you said, okay, yes, he changes hands against the Lakers. Yes, he hits the threes against the Blazers and he shrugs his shoulders. But I've seen Kobe Bryant highlights. I've seen all LeBron James highlights. Really, was Michael Jordan different because they've all won games, multiple championships. Was he really that great? So that's been the best part is being able to, to relive and look at the last stand but when it comes to it I mean a, a couple of different conversations about the last dance and this goes into the category of we're ahead of the curve because if you remember it was after the fourth episode where I said, this seems like this is more of a Michael Jordan retrospective than it is Last Dance 97-98. Mm-hmm. We're not getting, because I, I, I remember when, it, when we were, it was coming out and I said, really need 10 episodes on the 97-98 season? We really we need, a, need, a, need 10 hours of it? But then it turns out to be all about Michael Jordan and his basketball life. And after episode four, I said, that's kind of what this looks like. And then we found out a few days later that Michael Jordan had final cut power, had final word power, which means Anybody that said anything about him, he was able to respond after looking at the iPad and laughing at Gary Payton or whoever else he wanted to laugh at. He also gave notes on each broadcast. He was the driving force behind getting this done. Right? And Jason Hare even said to the director, yeah, you know, Michael had all of these things, but I'm a storyteller. You know, He kind of refrained from going down the true documentary line. And, you know, that's a little bit of where ESPN tried to sell us here's Michael Jordan's basketball life wrapped up in a documentary that we're trying to give you that really isn't a documentary. Um, In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll take you right here. Zach Lowe, who covers the NBA, one of the big ESPN insiders, look, every every week after this ends, after the last dance ends, they ask their panel of experts to talk about the episodes and what they think. And here's Zach Lowe just really quick. I'm not sure what the screen time math says, but in totality, The Last Dance felt more like a documentary about Michael Jordan than one about the 97-98 Bulls. (laughs) The filmmakers devoted early episodes to Chicago's other stars, but those always included Jordan's thoughts on those characters and what they meant to him. When non-bulls discussed Jordan, he got the last word via iPad. There were also small moments throughout when it felt as if Jordan was intentionally feeding the narrative that he drove almost every event around him, that he had to overcome the weaknesses in others or help them overcome those weaknesses themselves. So we were getting Michael Jordan's view of this, which, okay, I mean, we still got a view of it, which is entertaining. But when you put all this in the hopper and you you bounce it out and say, okay, why did we get the last dance? Why was the last dance made? If you put it all into a pie chart of why the last dance was made, I would say 50% of it is to prove to everybody I'm better than LeBron. 25% to settle old scores with other (laughs) players I played against and the other 25% is to to tell people who weren't familiar about me or to remind them how great I was. Just the totality of my greatness because that's why this was made. Michael Jordan was the guy calling his former teammates, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you sit down and talk about this? This was done so Michael Jordan can say, look, look at the media reaction to this. Every media reaction has been, Something unequivocally in love with Michael Jordan, what he used to do, and it's hard to not see that because everybody loved Jordan. He was very fortunate to come around in the '90s before the age of social media, where all of his colorful stories would have been topics on 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 whatever show you, whatever television show you like to watch. Speak for yourself, a first take, whatever it is, they, they would be daily topics. Why is Jordan gambling? Why is he going to gamble the night before a playoff game? What's a... Everything that Jordan did would have been under the microscope. He's fortunate to come along in that line. And he wanted to tell everybody, hey, every time someone talks about me, they love me. Every single media person's, boy, I really came across this with a new respect for Michael Jordan or uh, a newfound evidence of things that I didn't know Jordan did that I love so much. He wanted this to come out for those reasons. The media loves me. Why, when I demanded something, of my teammates, it was okay. It was okay that I punched my teammates in practice because – that's what we had to go through to win. And all media sycophants were saying was, yes, he had to win. Yes, he had to punch his teammates. He had to act like a jerk. Yes, that's what it was. Everyone else is a support player in my story. I am the middle of this universe, and Gary Payton can be Pluto, and Patrick Ewing can be Mercury, and all of these people, but they all orbit my son. They all orbit me. And it's, they're all the NBA players of the 90s are all about me. It comes back to me. And in the end, when you see all of these things, I'm the best basketball player that ever lived. I'm better than LeBron. Because one thing NBA players have that no other sports players have as much is they have egos that constantly need to be fed about how great they are and who is better than who and who deserves more props for being better. I mean, there's egos in in, in all sports, in the NFL, Major League Baseball, everything, else, but not quite like the NBA where the stars always want to know where they are in a pecking order and believe they need to be very high. Kevin Durant can't live five minutes without wanting to, to have a conversation about Hey, I, I think I'm the best player in the game. Why, why don't you have me up there? Kyrie Irving is the same way. They, so many stars, they all want that, and Jordan is the nth degree of it. This is why we got the last dance, so Michael Jordan could remind all of us of who he was and settle scores, and, and anybody who thinks LeBron's better than me, you're not thinking about it right now.
6: Well, LeBron shot back by saying, "Well, I could have played for the Cowboys, so blank you uh, during the lockout season." even, so, yeah, even LeBron can't right? give can't let Michael
0: Jordan just just one more day about the last dance. Nope, LeBron James does an uh, uninterrupted session on YouTube in which he talked about being I could have been a great teammate for Michael Jordan. I could have been an NBA player, an NFL player during the 2011 lockout. Whoa, LeBron could be an NFL player. Nope, because they're still competing. Michael Jordan yeah. can't compete on the floor with LeBron James. So, I'm going to compete in the documentary world on TV and say, yeah, go ahead, LeBron, do something that's going to get 6 million, 7 million people to watch a documentary on ESPN. The most uh, watched documentary that ESPN has had since OJ made in America, and the, the highest, uh, uh, like, certain episode documentary viewers, whatever you wanted to call it, that, that right. ESPN has had. I mean, sure. go, good luck trying to do that.
6: Yeah, I mean, you got close to 7 million at its peak, uh, finished about 5 million, I want to say, for uh, episodes 9, 10. But you, you break it all down and I, I think I'd move your pie chart around a little bit. The LeBron thing is certainly real, but I, I'd have it at less than 50. I, I think the old scores and blank U's of look how great I was really probably gets closer to the 50%. Okay. There's a lot of that <laughs> (laughs) Because there's a lot of that, man. I'm going to double that piece of the pie (laughs) because he does a lot of that. And and even the unspoken eye rolls uh, while looking at iPads have become iconic moments uh, uh, along the way. The ends justifying the means, that really is the end game, right? Because if he doesn't go six for six, six MVPs in the finals, then, well, some of it's for naught, right? I mean, some of it is in the in ether oh, well, you know, he did all that and it wasn't always perfect. And here's the, the years where it didn't work and then maybe there's more of a castigation of the teammates that failed him uh, and let him down and he holds a, a giant metal pole and has the airing of the grievances. Shout out Jerry Stiller. Uh, but the the idea is, is certainly the LeBron thing, right? Because as we found out, that's when it was culminated. Uh, all the discussions of should we do this? Should we not? Was during a LeBron championship celebration. So that part can't be denied. Uh, and I just thought it was funny the number of folks that really didn't know much of the history right, the first real surprising thing, uh, there were two, right, the the fight over whether they should have come back or not, and, like, they're all telling new stories now that they didn't 22 years ago, uh, as well as the, you know, was it pizza, uh, was it booze, yeah, or was it the flu? Uh, you've got that whole uh, debate. That that one's kind of fun. That's a nice new little, little twist to the arc uh, that we didn't see coming. Otherwise, for a lot of people, it's their first look at Michael Jordan really at all, other than blind statistics than the occasional highlight right? That's it. You know, people are going back in deep dives of watching full games because why during the pandemic, we've been seeing full games showing uh, in their entirety. And we'll see game six in its entirety as a movie uh, tomorrow night. But you you go through and, and it exposed a lot of folks that grew up with Kobe or or more appropriately, the 17 years of LeBron and saying, hey, wait a minute, here's this guy that we've always talked about that they keep saying LeBron is chasing. And Man, he's a stone cold killer, and he hates everybody except for Gus. He likes his mama, his mama, his daddy, and he likes Gus. Those are the guys, and the you other know, guy that he was playing quarters with. His name, I, I, I forget <laughs> in the moment.
0: Now, and, and I'll say this is that in the LeBron Michael Jordan conversation that always comes up, right? Who's better? And this is where we're at now after this today. Oh, look, the big poll came out uh, following the episode that aired last night in which uh, 73% of the people who responded said that Michael Jordan was better than LeBron James. And and I I don't think this is a shock. I don't think this is something that, look, ESPN, they put the poll out after. And of course, you know, after you see Michael Jordan do something great, you're going to vote Michael Jordan. But this is pretty simple. And it's re- anybody that wants to de- debate Jordan versus LeBron. If you can sit back and, and go through and interpolate the data, who's a better passer, who's a better rebounder, where they would play in each other's genres, and who's a better defender, and all you can do all of that, but it's really quite simple. All right, when you're talking about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, if I told you you had to bet all of your money, every single dollar you had, every single dollar you had invested in your mortgage, in your rent, in your car, wherever it was, whatever assets you had, you have to your savings account, you have to bet it on a basketball game and you can have on the team you have to bet on to win this game because if you don't win this game you lose all that money you have to bet on this team and you can have either Michael Jordan or LeBron James on that team who are you picking you're picking Michael Jordan it's not even close sure you're picking my, you need one game to win to save your money you're picking Michael Jordan I mean, it's it really, and, and when, when you look at it like that, because LeBron, he may win that game. Jordan's always going to win that game. Once Jordan got to the top of the mountain and he won a title, I mean, he didn't go home. I mean, that was it. You had the one series, right? You had the one series. When he, when he came back, he wasn't enough to beat the Magic. Okay, and then what happened? Then you had three more championships. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, once, he, once he, he, they got the good enough team, they didn't lose. LeBron's had good enough teams, and he's lost. And he's lost big games, and he's lost games he shouldn't have. He's lost games where he's disappeared. He's lost games where he's had big games and disappeared in the fourth quarter. Michael Jordan, that is never going to happen. So it's easy to go, hey, LeBron or Jordan? Yeah, it's Michael Jordan. No question about it. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike, gets Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Uh, Harmon's going to spend the next couple of minutes trying to go find a Jordan 45 jersey on eBay somewhere.